Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I don't care about the weather. I can't control the weather. Don't want to talk about the weather. Do we not agree? Sustained effort and violence. It could be a total goat rodeo. Cool, neat story. Was that supposed to be funny? This is why nobody else can get on the sug boat. You know what? We couldn't get on the sug boat. It's a test. What's the point of kissing his ass if we can't get on the sug boat? It's a test. Y'all are haters and non-believers. Sug, sug. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, it is game night in Greenville, North Carolina. East Carolina basketball in action tonight, 7 o'clock, Minji's Coliseum, as the Pirates will welcome in the Temple Owls rematch from a game earlier this year where Damian Dunn, Kinston native, had 33 points including the three-pointer at the buzzer to knock off the Pirates. Should be a good one tonight. We'll talk a lot about that one coming up on today's program and a whole lot more. You're tuned in to Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville 104.1 in Washington. We are on 12.59.30 also online, PR927FM.com And you can watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. You can be a part of the show. Uh, What do you think about tonight's game? What's going on in the NFL? Uh, What's going on across the sports world? You can chime in with your questions, comments, concerns uh, on today's program on Facebook Live, YouTube, and Twitter. All right, coming up on today's show, a lot of guests to get to, including the voice Jeff Charles will be on the call tonight as the Pirates take on the Owls. We'll talk to Jeff coming up in about 20 minutes or so. Coming up at 4 o'clock, we had to move Bryce Williams around. He's going to be joining us, I believe, live on a boat fishing at 4 o'clock. So we'll have a live Pirate Radio Outdoors segment and uh, talk some football with Bryce Williams. At 425... We will talk to Brett Hickman. He is a high school football coach, uh, and he contributes to Hoist the Colors during the football season, uh, doing film breakdowns, Q&As. Was recently at a uh, coach's clinic, and if you're on social media, you saw a lot of these pictures with Ruffin McNeil and Mike Houston and uh blake carroll coaches uh, high school coaches cj wilson brandon simmons all those guys so we'll talk about that clinic we'll uh we'll talk some pirate football uh he's also i believe a washington commanders fan so we'll talk about that and more with brett hitman coming up uh in the four o'clock hour at five o'clock my commander cohort billy weaver will give his thoughts on the washington nfl name change and uh, we'll talk Super Bowl, NFL, Pirate Hoops, and more with Weave in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll also make you a winner on today's show, so stay tuned for that. All right, um, Chandler, my Facebook memory today has me in Section 213 with my mom and dad, and it says they aren't the Minji's Maniacs, but the next best thing I'm hanging out with the Minji's Geriacs. Geriatrics, I'm sorry. <laughs> and we look really happy to be look in at Minji's. Pam Brock. Yeah. Pam, that was 2012, February 2nd. 
and coming up tonight i plan to be there maybe a little late but i plan to be there in section 213 along with i'll be there chandler honeycutt uh clifton brock jr and some screaming pirate fans as east carolina takes on temple tonight and chandler at last look temple was a one and a half point favorite i believe that line has gone down since it came out so uh some people taking the pirates i like the pirates tonight i was going to say you're one of those people for whatever reason i'm one of those people i like the pirates tonight why do you like the pirates tonight we just need a bounce back and i think uh i think i like us being at home um we played them tough on the road the last uh go round damian dunn though dropping 33 points and the game winner there at the end of the game bold prediction damian dunn will not score 33 points tonight i'm with that bold prediction <laughs> all right what hurts the most though is being so close is being so close and, and having so him, much to and say. him being from so close against the <laughs> north carolina yeah so uh but uh, yeah i don't think we have to worry about that tonight i'm going to take the pirates uh pirates get it done at home tonight against the owls all right so that's coming up seven o'clock we'll uh preview it with jeff charles coming up in a moment let's see what else is going on tonight in the aac it's a big night of basketball as we look around the buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by da buck, da buck. hornets in action tonight taking on the celtics and they just play the celtics so, uh, a couple weeks ago on couple espn weeks ago. yeah uh hornets on the road haven't seen that line no Gordon Hayward tonight. He did clear uh, safety protocols with COVID, but he did not make the trip to Boston, so he's out tonight for the Hornets. Kelly Oubre did not play in the last game. Is he playing tonight? Uh, that is a good question. I will have to look that up. Uh, for some reason, there is a college basketball game going on right now. Florida has a 3-2 to two lead over Missouri as they just tipped off 3 o'clock Eastern time on SEC Network. So... Hey, live college hoops to watch while I'm here. I'll take it uh, any t- any day of the week, uh, especially on Wednesday. Number, let's go, let's go AAC before I look at top 25 action coming up tonight. Oh, the Corey Glores will be at Houston. I saw Corey's video. Worst where, seat in the house. Yeah, uh, that's a pretty good idea. He yeah. goes to uh, the opposing arena and finds the worst absolute seat to sit in to watch the game. And I saw his video he did earlier today in houston it'll be tulane at number six houston coming up eight o'clock tonight on espn plus the only other aac game is temple at ecu so you've got some games coming up on thursday wichita state at smu the ponies are 16 and 4 7 and 1 in league play and then the war on i4 what do they call the South Florida UCF game? I don't know. I think I'm, that's it for football. War on I-4. That sounds like a pretty cool name. South Florida at UCF coming up. And Memphis, Cincinnati. Shirley, do you still have the uh, Shirley Rhodes bad news theme? Bum, bum, bum. Uh, that's not it. Yeah, give me just one second and I'll load it up for you here. Or the bomb, 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 bomb. That would be the one. Have we got rid of all the bad news? No. Okay. Absolutely not. I just got to find it. <laughs> all right. There I'll, it is. Okay. Uh, Whoops. God, you remember we used to play this like... A lot. Like, literally, this would be like every 30 seconds. This was during, like, college football, when college football was getting ramped back up during the COVID year in 2020 and there was like constant cancellations and postponements games were being canceled conferences were being canceled well we have a postponement 
for Co- a, a basketball game tomorrow Co- night. COVID related? Co- <laughs> That's the good news, Chandler. It is not COVID related. It is weather related because there's going to be some weather in Cincinnati. It'll be uh, Cincinnati and Memphis postponed. We're scheduled to play coming up Thursday. That game will not happen. Oh, whoa! Now we're shooting. The guns are firing. Pew 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 pew, pew. in the galaxy. Pew 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 pew. I, I want a T-shirt so bad that just says pew pew on it. Last night, Wichita State beat Tulsa fifty-eight to forty-eight. Am I supposed to be killing the music? Yes. Wichita okay. State played last night. Whoa! Was that uh, Chewy? That was Chewy. <laughs> Chewbacca. I can't do it. I'm not even gonna try. Wichita State. It would sound like a really, really bad version of whatever that panther roar you come up with. <laughs> Donald Duck. Every time. Sorry, go ahead. Wichita State played last night. They play again Thursday. That seems like a lot of basketball in a very short amount of time. So I'm just pointing that out. All right, so that's what's going on in the Americana. Top 25 tonight, number four, Purdue at Minnesota. Vandy's at number five, Kentucky. Uh villanova at marquette 10 o'clock tonight on fs1 state plays uh, gary state 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 plays at nine o'clock tonight again baby t <laughs> syracuse baby t corner three got it <laughs> touchdown state touchdown state <laughs> i tell you in the case age red zone tickles me every time <laughs> It'll be State Syracuse. So, are you going to trivia at, uh, after basketball? I will be there. Well, Chandler, that game tips off at nine, so I'm going to be requesting a lot of Gary Hahn from. I tonight. might do. I might look up and do the play by play in Gary Hahn's voice the whole time. Please do. I'll give you the mic, and you can just do that the <laughs> entire time we're out there. And Miami plays tonight. The U. It's all about the U. It's all about the U. Uh, C.J. Schaefer checking in on YouTube. Where is he? Yeah, uh, where are you, CJ? You know you work here, right? Well, yesterday he t- he told us he had so many jobs he was doing over there. I told him maybe he should take the day off. <laughs> I guess he did. He, he took your word. He, he took you up on that offer, I guess. I, I told him he needed a mental health day for all the work he was doing here. Hey, Clip, I need a mental health day because, you know, I do a lot of work over this side of the glass. Sure, take it. By the way, you know I'm not authorized to tell people when and when not to show up to work, right? <laughs> I was about to say. That is not one of my duties here at Pirate Radio. Who said? <laughs> Good, well, good question. Uh, CJ says, Brandon Suggs, heart and soul of the team, will lead the team morally from the sidelines. Pirates get a big win. By the way, we do have a new member of the Suggboat, Alex Marion, uh, last night requested. And this is how you get on the Suggboat, people. You show me, show receipts, as they say. I guess he searched every time Brandon Suggs had been mentioned uh, in a text that he sent. He had a laundry list of Brandon Suggs compliments. He posted those, asked for permission to come aboard the boat. Alex Marion, <laughs> who is a former ECU basketball manager. Oh, so he was granted permission aboard the boat. He's part of the fam- family. Oh, wait a minute. So I figured he should be welcomed on. Congrats, Alex. Yep congratulations to alex mary it's like a like it sounds like extra credit like if you do this you'll get this reward have you noticed though the last two people to get on did something unsolicited it was not an assignment cj came up with the stat of how much ecu's been outscored 
since Brandon Suggs got hurt. Right, right. Uh, he came up with that on his own. And then last night, Alex sent me the pictures, the evidence of him being a Brandon Suggs stand, unsolicited. So you go the extra mile. The Sug boat's two miles off the coast. You go one mile, but to get on, you got to go the extra mile. You know what I'm saying? Know uh, what I mean, Bert? Uh, know what I mean, Bert? You know uh, what I'm talking about? Susan Dean says, hashtag fire Matt rule. We, you might not have to worry about firing at all. He might just uh, get up and leave himself. I don't know why I just threw my pen on the ground. It gets you excited, I know. There, we are on a, it, it's been a plethora a plethora of good news for the panthers most of that being because other teams are getting worse sean payton retiring tom brady retiring tom brady retiring matt ryan getting older by the day literally by the second matt ryan's getting older is matt ryan a factor anymore in your football life not really yeah i I mean i do remember the days where i used to dread facing matt ryan and julio yeah yeah but those days are long gone. I remember the days of Tony Gonzalez, too, like the later days, which he kind of still dominated, not as much as he did in his prime. But I saw Falcons Redskins live at FedEx, and uh, Tony Gonzalez caught a touchdown. That was pretty cool. That is cool. See a Hall of Famer. That's score. a cool, neat story. Oh, neat um, Cool, neat story. Chandler, there could be the best news of all for you and Susan and Tony and all the rule haters out there. If Jim Harbaugh goes to Minnesota to coach the Vikings, Michigan will have a a big-time opening, and they're going to look to bring in a big-time coach that has had big-time success at the big-time college football big-time level. And it don't get no more big-time than Matt Rule. Matt Rule, baby. Now, we've heard this discussion. Was the talk that Matt Rule had interest in Michigan – or that Michigan had interest in Matt Rule. I've seen just today. Fire and rain. I, well, just today I've seen uh, multiple reports saying that Michigan has Matt Rule as uh, on their wish list, and I've seen also some reports that that's like their top target. Um, if Jim Harbaugh does take the job with the Minnesota Vikings, which I believe he's getting his second interview today with Minnesota, so um, yeah, I mean it's a it's a possibility that Matt Rule could be heading to Ann Arbor, so. I don't know. We'll You're see. not getting your hopes up. No, I don't want to. Um, it just this seems kind of like a well, I don't know. It just kind of seems like a weird time. I know we still have the Super Bowl and draft still coming up. I feel like this is just a weird time to kind of, I don't know, recycle the coach. Well, not every team has hired a coach yet, though. That's true. That's still happening. Yeah, but how quickly would that process be once they hire? Once he takes off for the vikings how quickly will matt roll be interviewed how quickly will he be hired by michigan yeah for us to you know um conduct a search and Fitterer's for- a, a football guy he's been around a long time tepper has not but if you're those guys you've already got a list of names right you gotta have some you gotta have somebody under- ready to roll yeah you gotta have a list already just in case that happens like a plan b so I just feel like, uh, and maybe I'm just doing this to try to cheer you and Tony and Susan and everybody up. But at this point, I think the most like Matt Rule hater is Susan Deans now. Yeah, I she mean, says uh, if Matt Rule does go to Michigan, she'll buy us lunch. Oh, sweet! <laughs> All right, we're always in for free food. Absolutely. Yeah. 
We'll take that. Uh, you can chime in on our Facebook live feed or YouTube or Twitter. Um, would also be weird just while you're thinking that you know he he brought these new coaches in. They're expecting to work alongside Matt Rule. This is just me thinking of them. Um, it, it it could be weird to potentially be coaching for a coach that didn't even bring you in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So it's just kind of weird to think but, about it right now. But so. that ain't, hey, Matt Rule's thinking about him. You know, these coaches aren't thinking about that. They're thinking about I'm gonna get out of here and go be the man at Michigan. Right. I'm a Michigan man. Uh John Moody. John Moody's good about schedules, except that one time that he wasn't. Florida Missouri game was moved up due to winter weather. So instead of postponing it, they're playing it at three o'clock. I like that. Good call. Not going your way right now, Chandler. Fourteen to six, Florida leads. Ouch. Uh Redbeard says at least it's not a Friday or a weekend like Chan Man likes to take off. Yeah, we'd be in trouble if uh if this was a Friday and Chandler and CJ were gone. Chandler, you've uh you're a bit of got a bit of an Eli Manning, Cal Ripken thing going. You've been here perfect attendance for a while. Yeah. I don't think you missed a day this month. Um, no. I I I was here yesterday and I was here today. <laughs> I meant this year. <laughs> <laughs> but you're I was right. about to say there's it's only the second day of the month, Clip. <laughs> I got my words wrong. I meant year. No, year. I, I have been here all year. So. Way to go. Way well, I'm actually going to be missed, uh, missing a Friday here soon. But will you be missed? Oh. oh. You said missed and then said missing. I'll be missing I'll a miss Friday. <clears throat> Surely, like Faith almost said Hill. Faith Evans once said, I'll be missing you. I'll be was missing you. Was that her name? You. Yeah, it was Faith yeah. Hill. No, it was Faith No, Faith, Faith Evans. Evans. Sorry. Yeah. Gotta have faith to faith to faith. Steve Hill says Clipper. Clipper. Steve, how do you feel about the commander's name? Talk, react to me. This is stupid. Easy. Uh, Mike P. Shirley brought this to my attention before the show. So I was going to remember to bring it up. But you didn't remember, did you? I did. Okay. But if I didn't, you were going to remember. I was. I was going to remind you. But now, we don't need remembering or reminding because Mike P. says, I saw where the kid who Brian Kelly was dancing with in that video committed to Alabama. He rejected the family. (laughs) Family. (laughs) So, Brian Kelly's bumping and grinding with this recruit. (laughs) And doing, oh my God, doing the 60s party thing, you know? Yeah, doing the... What is that? uh, Fingers across the eyes move. Yeah, the little... uh, That's like a total 60s party move. And that kid ends up not going to lsu that's hilarious i'm going to alabama greenbow alabama uh so brian kelly is he, he's gonna have to work on his dance moves to impress these kids that is uh that's hilarious so if matt rule goes to michigan where do we want to go to lunch with susan deans or what is she, what do we want her to bring us we have moved on from that but you are thinking about food and that's all you can think about now um uh what are you feeling steak lobster surf and turf i don't know I, I'm, not a, I, I'm not a big steak at lunch guy right too filling yeah 
When I think of a steak, like a steak dinner, I think of dinner. Steak steak is good any time of the day. Oh, you want a sandwich? Or like some wings. (laughs) Every conversation about food ends up with wings Wings. with you. You just want some wings. Is that all you eat is just wings? wings. (laughs) You do love wings. I do. How, how, How many days out of the week do you eat wings? Oh, my God. Because you're going to have some tonight. Probably like two or three. You're going to have some tonight. Yeah. Have you had any so far this week? Um, Starting like Sunday. Uh, yeah, no. you probably had some Sunday. No, I didn't have, I didn't have any Sunday. Wow. I probably will have some over the weekend at Tybur. I'll have some on Saturday during our watch along. Yeah, we'll put some ranch on it. We will be watching East Carolina Tulane Saturday, 2 o'clock. We'll have a watch along presented by Tiebreakers. So you can hang out with us, watch us on Facebook or YouTube as we watch ECU try to go for the regular season sweep over the fighting Corey Glores. Looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. All right. um, We need to take a break. I didn't even talk about the commanders. We'll have plenty of time to do that on today's show. I'll give my thoughts. I'll get y'all's thoughts. What about Billy Weaver's? We'll get Billy Weaver's thoughts, Brett Higman's thoughts everybody's thoughts lots of thoughts lots of thoughts and so we, you're gonna think you're gonna think about some thoughts we could use your prayers too thoughts oh, okay. and T's prayers and T's. T's and T's. uh let's take a break we'll come back when we return we'll visit with the voice jeff charles we'll get his thoughts on commanders and also ecu and temple going at it tonight we got a good one going on in columbia missouri i think that's where it's from where they are Florida 17 to 13 as they go to a TV timeout on your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard update presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. Take a timeout, come back. Jeff Charles joins us when we return after this. to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ's has daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. There's something for everyone every week, not including sports trivia, coming up tonight with our very own Clip Brock. AJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. All righty. We are going to play some sports trivia tonight after East Carolina and Temple do battle at Menji's Coliseum. So uh, come on out. We'll uh, drop the first question around 9.15 or so. And we'll do a power hour. We'll do a lightning round. And uh, got 30 questions ready to go for tonight. Speaking of perfect attendance for me here at Pirate Radio to start the year, perfect attendance by me at Sports Trivia on Wednesdays with Clip Brock to start the year. Part of of it, Chandler, it being life, succeeding, all that stuff, is just showing up. You know? Now, what you do once you get there is one thing. I'll say this about you. You put in the work. You don't just show up. I'm glad somebody has recognized that. What do you mean? 
You feel like you go underappreciated? Yeah. Really? Where? <laughs> I don't know. You're the one talking. What do you mean? You talk about sports trivia? Oh, uh, you're not that good there. I'm talking about here. Oh, no, 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 no. I thought you were talking about sports trivia. No, you stink at sports trivia. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You make it fun. Um, especially last week when you started like doing the gritty and doing some kind of pimp walk yeah. to give your answer and then you got it wrong. Yeah. Uh, in your defense, I had the same exact answer. Who you, was, you asked me what I said and I said what I said. Yeah. And you were like, dang it. And then I went home and I knew that, uh, Shirley, who was the 1995 NBA rookie of the year? 95? Which, by the way. There oh, were, I said Kevin Garnett. By the way, there were co-rookies of the year. I want that question stricken from the record last week, Ooh, Steve. Steve. Charlie, you should know this because you, you watched this guy play in college, I would assume. He won, what, two championships in college? Uh, His pro career was hampered by injuries. He had Fila shoes. Grant Hill? Grant Hill is correct. I was like, I was like, it's either Grant Hill or Christian Leitner, but I was like, wait a minute, but he wasn't Rookie of the Year. No, he was not. Grant Hill and Jason Kidd were co-Rookie of the Years. I said Kevin Garnett, and my reasoning was I knew he was in the 95 draft, but then later that night I got home and I said, wait a minute, if he was drafted in 95, he couldn't win 95 Rookie of the Year because that season had just ended. So that was a bonehead move on my part. Also, he was nowhere close to winning Rookie of the Year that year. Damon Stoudemire. Do you remember? Stoudemire. Do you know Mighty Mouse? No, I do Too remember young? the other the other Stoudemire. The others. <laughs> Damon Stoudemire went to uh, Arizona, lefty point guard, and was one of the first uh, Toronto Raptors players. All right, who cares? Let's move along to the voice, Jeff Charles, who joins us on the Pirate Radio Live Line. He will be on the call tonight. As East Carolina takes on the Temple Owls. Jeff, appreciate your time. How are you doing today? Clip, I'm doing great. Getting ready for the Pirates and the Temple Owls tonight at 7 o'clock at Williams Arena, Mid-G's Coliseum. As you well know, this will be the rematch. The Pirates lost that heartbreaker to Temple in Philadelphia back on January the 8th when Damian Dotson, the young man from Kinston, hit the buzzer beater, a three-point shot off the right wing. I can still see it in my mind. Everybody in the building knew he was going to get the last shot, and he just stepped up and, and made a terrific shot. So you got to give him credit. And the Pirates lost that one 78 to 75. And Clip, you know, we talked about this drought and how poorly the Pirates have been playing offensively. In that game at Temple on the road, they shot 51% and still lost the game. Now, most of the time, when you shoot that well, you win. But it wasn't in the cards. So the Pirates owe the Owls one, and we'll see if they can get them uh, tonight. Had Joe Dooley on the show on Monday, Jeff, and asked him, you know, a key or two to winning the rematch tonight in Menjis, and he said, "Don't let Damian Dunn score thirty-three points." Uh, so they gotta, they gotta mark him. You mentioned the the high shooting percentage that game. That first half, Jeff, was one of the best first halves of ECU basketball I can remember. They were in transition, scoring. They looked like the much better team on the court, but 
as we've seen a lot uh, this year. Uh, the game has two halves, and sometimes East Carolina has uh, not played a full basketball game to their capabilities. So hopefully a, a full 40 minutes tonight for East Carolina. But, man, that first half against Temple, they looked like the superior team by, by a wide margin. Well, they were up by six at halftime, Cliff. It was 40-34, to 34 and they were playing extremely well. I think that's what's been frustrating for Joe and his coaching staff and the players is they have a hard time putting 40 consistent minutes together. They will play really well in stretches, and as you mentioned, they'll play a good first half or a good second half. But as far as playing 40 minutes, it's been tough. This year, they go into these scoring droughts, and a lot of college basketball teams do this, but they go into scoring droughts, and they have a hard time scoring, and then oftentimes that affects your defense, and then they have a hard time getting stops at the other end. So they're still searching for consistency with this team, but it's getting late in the season now. And Clip, uh, you know, I was looking at the schedule remaining here. This is a huge month for Pirate basketball because they've got eight games coming up in February, four at home and four on the road. Then they have that last game in March before the tournament at Wichita. So there's nine games left. But the Pirates really need to finish strong here to avert having another losing season. And ECU has not had a winning season since the CIT championship year back during the 2012-2013 year. So it's been eight years. If they're not able to have a winning season this year, it will be nine years without a winning season. So there's a lot on the line. These kids want to reverse that in the worst way. Uh, they, They can do it. I am still very much sold on this team and their work ethic and how hard they play and how good the chemistry is. But it's going to be difficult to get down the stretch here and put up enough wins to get get them over the hump. But they're still 11-9, and nine, and they're still, uh, you know, not where they want to be in the conference at 2-6. and six. But there have been some positives this year. But I really look at, Cliff, the last month here in February. This is going to really be uh, the, all, the tell-all here with this basketball team, just, just to see in this program whether or not they're making progress, getting over the hump a bit, or if it's just going to be, some more of the same old losing and another losing season. I think it's all on the line here in this month. Jeff Charles joining us will be on the call tonight and for the remainder of the ECU basketball season. We mentioned it Monday, Jeff. What number game will this be for you tonight uh, for ECU basketball in your career? Uh, tonight, Clip, it'll be number 978. Wow. That is, uh, that's incredible. I'm not going to go over your win-loss record, Jeff, as the voice. Please don't. <laughs> but uh, If you would not go over my win-loss record. Uh, but, man, that is awesome uh, voice. And uh, you've seen some good moments, uh, some bad in there as well. But East Carolina hopefully can pick up a win at home tonight. Uh, Jeff, some positives from Sunday. East Carolina looked like the best free-throw shooting team in the country. That kept them in the game for a while. And what is it about the final two three minutes jeff where and this is a great sign i asked you last week you know how does a team with the the way they've lost and everything not just kind of mentally give in and say okay this let's uh let's just kind of mail it in here they're gonna fight uh scratch claw down the stretch we've seen it so many times this year and we saw it again on sunday actually taking a lead there uh inside of a minute left to play you're right clip and that's uh what i just mentioned is the fact that I'm still optimistic with these guys because they never quit and they battle hard, they fight, and they continue to play 40 minutes, not always as well as we would all like for them to play, but the effort's there, and I think fans do appreciate that. I was really encouraged, by the way, with the crowd on Sunday for the 12 noon start. Yeah, I was really wondering how many folks were going to be there, 
But I think uh, there's a little bit of a carryover for the Memphis win that got people excited. And so the fans were out there, and uh, tip of the cap to the students, too. They've been great, and they were out there Sunday at noon. Hopefully they'll be out there again tonight for the 7 o'clock game. But, Cliff, you mentioned all the close losses, and I was looking back at the schedule. I'm going to mention this on the network tonight in our pregame show. And it really has been a year of close wins and close losses, as we always seem to talk about and fans talk about the close losses well there have been a lot of close wins this year too the pirates won by two over old dominion by two over coffin state the one point win over memphis and a one point win over southern miss so they've been on the other side of the coin as well with some close wins but we always tend to focus on the close losses but i guess in a basketball year clip it all comes out in the wash you're going to win some close ones you're going to lose some close ones and that's kind of where the Pirates are right now. And again, that's why I think February is so important to this basketball team. Jeff Charles joining us. He'll be on the call tonight. East Carolina taking on Temple. Should be a good one. It was last time these two teams met in Philadelphia. Jeff, uh, the Super Bowl is set. And how about the Cincinnati Bengals? They go on the road and knock off the Kansas City Chiefs. It'll be Burrow, Chase, and really a, a strong defensive effort, strong defensive side taking on the L.A. Rams coming up in Super Bowl 56. And we've been talking about how this is a, a unique matchup, uh, kind of a neat matchup because you don't have the Tom Brady or the Patriots or a lot of the teams we've seen, you know, the Chiefs uh, out of it. So uh should be a fun Super Bowl coming up next Sunday, Voice. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I am too, Clip. And oftentimes I don't have a dog in the fight in the Super Bowl. I just kind of watch the game. But I'll really be pulling for the Cincinnati Bengals because that is my home area and that's where I grew up and I remember, as we talked last week, the very first year the Bengals came to Cincinnati. So I really hope they can they can win it. And Joe Burrow has taken that town in the state of Ohio by storm. And he's the favorite son, as we talked last week. And, boy, what a great year he's having. And look how young he is. If he can stay healthy, uh, it's hard to tell what he's going to do as far as putting numbers up in his NFL career. So the Bengals are a great story this year. Again, they're a slight underdog in, in this game coming up. The last time I looked, so... I think they can play that card going into the Super Bowl, and I know the city of Cincinnati is on fire for the Bengals, and when we were up there a couple of weeks ago, there was a lot of enthusiasm for the Bengals, and now they've had this run, and here they are in the Super Bowl. So, you know, Ohio's a great state. The Bengals have just been down for so many years. It's good to see them back on top, and my uh, colleague, Dan Horde, was not at the Minji's Coliseum on Sunday when the Bearcats came in. Dan is both the voice of the Bearcats and the Bengals, and, and he was doing the AFC Championship game with Kansas City, so didn't get a chance to, to see Dan Horde, but he's a good guy, and he's very, very appreciative and grateful as to uh, what he's been able to do this year. He said, when well, the last time I talked to him, he said, I'm the luckiest guy on the planet. The Bearcats have had the great football season, their greatest in history, and went to the Final Four in college football, and now here he is in the Super Bowl with a – Cincinnati Bengals, so uh, good for him. Life's good for him in Cincinnati right now. Yeah, instead of calling a uh, game winner with three seconds left in Minji's uh, for Cincinnati, he called a walk-off field goal to get them to the Super Bowl. We played his call earlier this week on the show. Great call from the veteran play-by-play voice, Dan Horde. Jeff, uh, maybe the Washington Commanders will be in the Super Bowl uh, before I die once again. Uh, the name change in Washington. Any thoughts on the uh, the rebranding there uh, for the Washington football team? 
Well, if Dan Snyder is still in charge, Cliff, you'll probably die before you'll see the Washington football team in the Super Bowl. Truer words have never been spoken, Jeff, unfortunately. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I saw that, and is that the best name they could come up with? Yeah. And that was kind of my reaction to it. But it's like everything. You'll get used to it. Uh, if they're if they're fourteen and three, the name is awesome, Jeff. If they're five and twelve, the name stinks. You know, uh, of course. And it's like the Cleveland Indians. Boy, it's going to take a lot to get used to the Cleveland Guardians yeah. this year. All right. But a few years down the road, and the way they market things today, and all of a sudden, if the Cleveland Guardians next year are are good, or the Washington Commanders are good. And they're good at promoting and marketing, and their logos are new and flashy, and it becomes the cool thing to wear. Then, you know, a few years down the road, people will say, I, I kind of miss the Indians, I kind of miss the Redskins, but this new thing's pretty good. So you're right. It's all about the wins and the losses. It's kind of like being a broadcaster. I can remember many games, Cliff, that I would walk out of the booth and thinking, well, I wasn't very good today, but the team won. <laughs> Everybody will tell you what a great broadcast it was. Yeah. Great college voice. That was a great one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. What a great broadcast. I can remember a lot of games that, you know, I thought, well, it was a pretty good broadcast today, and the Pirates lost, and yeah. nobody ever says anything, or they say the broadcast was bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the wins and the losses, Clip, as you know. No doubt. And uh, you mentioned Dan Snyder, who can be looked at as one of the, uh, if not the worst owner in the NFL. But I tell you what, Jeff, if this uh, Miami Dolphins Stephen Ross stuff is true, uh, Snyder's going to have some competition at the top for the worst owner in the NFL. The, the, this broke yesterday while we were live on the air, so we were trying to piece everything together. And, of course, Brian Flores, uh, the fired coach of the Miami Dolphins, is suing the Giants, Dolphins, Bronco, Broncos, and the NFL as a whole. And and the, the part, then there's a lot of parts to this, of course, but the one that really stands out, Brian Flores claims that Dolphins owner Stephen Ross offered him $100,000 for each loss the team suffered in 2019 in an attempt to get the number one pick in the NFL draft. If that is somehow proven to be true, Jeff, that is that is crazy. I mean, that's something we always talk about tanking and Who's really trying to do the tanking? Is it the the front office? It's not the coaches. It's not the players. If you got an owner uh, trying to pay money for a coach to lose games, that is uh, that's something I have not seen in the NFL in, in all these years. Well, I'm just kind of wondering about this guy Brian Flores. I mean, he has accused everybody, but the kitchen sink <laughs> yeah. clip, as you have seen, and then when he talked about interviewing for the Denver Broncos, you probably saw that talking about ownership and John Elway. They were late for the interview and even accused Elway, I believe, of showing up drunk for the interview. Yeah, I mean, this this guy <laughs> this guy better win a lot of money, and he might, who knows, because I don't think he's going to be in the NFL employed anywhere oh, yeah. after all this. No doubt. So he, yeah, so he's, he's probably just uh, putting all his chips there on the table and saying, you know, I'm so disappointed I haven't gotten a head job. And it doesn't look like it's in the cards for me, so I'll just go ahead and sue everybody and get as much money as I can and then, you know, sail off into the sunset. I don't really know what his motivation is other than that, but with the way he's come out and accused so many people in the league of so many things, uh, you just know he's not going to get employed again. Yeah, and I'm just wondering how they're going to prove all this, what's going to come of it, the NFL 
seems to always come out on top so uh, it's going to be tough to to bring down three organizations and the entire league but it is fascinating uh, all the stuff coming out with the uh, the flores deal all right voice uh let's see college hoops tonight you got the the pro bowl this weekend super bowl uh, anything else on the docket you follow boy i watched the royal rumble jeff and uh, i hate to you know critique but that was one of the worst royal rumbles i can remember and i came away thinking either wwe doesn't care at all about AEW and can just put out whatever product that they feel like or they are in trouble here uh the, the, the depleted roster i think AEW has hurt wwe even more than people thought it would uh here early on well, I've been a fan, as you well know, from day one of AEW. Yeah. I'm not the first person that uh, has mentioned to me that the Royal Rumble was a, a big disappointment. I think you're the third person that said this to me this week. I didn't see it, Cliff, but uh, obviously it wasn't very good. So, yeah, uh, WWE maybe has to go back to the drawing board here and see what they can do. And they've had such a stranglehold on professional wrestling for all of these years that uh, I just thought it was good when AEW popped up, what, about three years ago now? And and so there's now an alternative for wrestling fans. And the AEW brand is, I think, gaining each and every day. And I think in the other day, Cliff, just how much wrestling has changed as, as far as the product is concerned. I mean, back in the day, I mean, the guys were really big, big guys. I mean, you didn't see any 190-pound professional wrestlers. I mean, that just wasn't in the cards. And today, with wrestling, it's just gone more to athleticism, Mm high flyers, and that kind of product that AEW kind of specializes in. But the body types are so different. The matches move so much quicker, and they're a lot more exciting than they used to be. But, you know, as far as big guys are concerned, there just aren't that many quality big guys in professional wrestling now like there used to be years ago. Yeah, you're right. And uh, it's gotten so bad in WWE, the story today. And this is out, you know, Dave Meltzer, I'm sure you know that name, Jeff, from wrestling. Yes. uh, Did confirm that Shane McMahon is out of WWE. Shane McMahon was a surprise entrant into the Royal Rumble and tossed out actual WWE superstars. And then a few days later, he is out. He has been, whatever you want to use the term, fired. I don't know. So it's gotten so bad, Vince has uh, fired his own son, Jeff. So I don't know what the hell's going on there. It's happened before in business that yeah. uh, the sons have been fired by the dads. Uh, I don't know if I'd really want to be inside the WWE offices and and uh, really learn what goes on behind doors. <laughs> I would think it's pretty much of a soap opera on a daily basis. Yeah. But I guess nothing would surprise me. Of course, uh, Vince's daughter, Stephanie, is very involved in the company, and his wife is as well. But maybe it's a little bit of the pressure and a little bit of the heat that they're feeling now, Clip. I mean, they've just been on top of the world for so many years and for so long, and now there's competition out there. And uh, it's probably not a real pleasant working environment inside the WWE right now. So I I would guess in the coming days and weeks, uh, wouldn't be surprised to see uh, anything that would would come out of there jeff charles joining us jeff uh, has basketball going on he'll be on the call tonight and jeff yesterday uh, ecu football season tickets went on sale going to be a fun off season leading up to that season opener against nc state so got uh, some spring football coming up some ecu baseball everything kind of on the horizon here it's an exciting time for ecu athletics and hopefully we see some of that excitement tonight at seven in Minji's. 
Yeah, I hope so, Cliff. And I think the goal this year for football season tickets is at least 15,000. I hope the Pirates can get to that. I think at the end of last year, it was around 12 or 13, somewhere in that area. Um, so I don't think 15 is a stretch. And I hope uh, that the Pirates can sell 15,000 season tickets that will help, obviously, the coffers. Got to have that season ticket money already in the bank before the season starts. So I do hope that that happens. But some other things in college football, Cliff, I don't know if you saw this or not, but the big money folks with Texas have now come up with the NIL deal for their offensive linemen. And every offensive lineman at Texas is going to make $50,000 a year this coming season. Man. So that's a, that's a pretty good little part-time job, I would say. Uh, and, you know, that's just the direction that everything is going, and yep. we're going to continue to see that. Uh, I read a note the other day at Ohio State, now in their athletics department, and this doesn't uh, include just football. This is all of their sports at Ohio State. Right now there are $3 million in NIL deals to the athletes at Ohio State. Hmm. We're going to continue to see yeah. as college athletics moves forward. It's a new day, as we all know. It's a new era. And things change uh, a lot. Before I go, Cliff, I want to congratulate uh, Dr. John Mosley. And I don't know if you know John or not. Uh, he may be a little bit before your time in covering ECU athletics. But John was a student at ECU in the mid to late 90s. He actually uh -huh. was a, a manager on the basketball team. Yep. And then had uh, a staff position with ECU basketball uh, back in the late 90s and the early 2000s. Well, John has gone on in his basketball career. And he ended up at Lincoln University and HBCU in Jefferson City, Missouri, as the head basketball coach. And then he became the athletic director and head basketball coach. And just in the last couple of days, John Mosley, who... Got his doctorate degree. Dr. John Mosley now has been named the president of Lincoln University in Missouri. So I remember this guy as a young guy, as a manager on the basketball team, carrying the bags, and now he's a university president, and he's a really, really good guy. I'm really happy for John. Great guy, and uh, Jeff, we, we've had him on Pirate Radio. I've interacted with him over the years and thought at some point he would end up back on the sidelines at East Carolina in some capacity before his career ended but uh i see he's uh he's gone that route now and, and that is uh that is fantastic the uh lincoln blue tigers i believe they are jeff so uh john you're right john mosley fantastic guy i did see that news and, and thanks for for bringing that up jeff yeah that's uh that's great for john his sister used to live right down the street from when i lived in greenville a few years ago and i would run into john when he was back home from missouri visiting his sister and, uh, you know, just a really, really good guy, an Eastern North Carolina guy, grew up around the Warrington area, a little bit north of Raleigh, actually. But uh, I'm really happy for him. He, he's paid his dues. He worked at North Carolina Central for a long time. And he's just uh, moved right up the ladder. And, uh, boy, just uh, really happy for John Mosley, one of the really good guys. No doubt. Jeff Charles joining us today. Jeff, have a fantastic call tonight, win or lose, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week right here on Pirate Radio. Okay, very good. Thanks a lot, Cliff. Thank you, Voice. Visiting with the Voice Jeff Charles today on Pirate Radio Live. We'll take a timeout, come back, wrap up hour number one, get you set for hour number two of today's program. A lot of football talk on the way with Bryce Williams and Coach Brett Hickman in the four o'clock hour. As we go to break, a score update on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dubuck. 
Dabak. Florida has a 33-31 lead over Missouri. Tigers hanging in there here on a Wednesday afternoon. We'll take a timeout, come back, have more for you on Pirate Radio Live after this. listening to hour one of pirate radio live do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event keep it local print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear enc.com now back to the show welcome back Uh, for the latest breaking news interesting stories and awesome contests that can make you a winner be sure to follow pirate radio on our social media you can follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at pr927 fm Join the over 53,000. Let me try that again. Join the over (laughs) 53,000. Surely. Wow. Surely, what are you doing? What day is it again? I mean, Wednesday. I'd like to buy a vowel. Technically, it's more than 53,000 followers today. And more than 53. I I could not say thousand. It was like all of a sudden I just couldn't say it. We just lost two followers. We did? Yeah, because of your flub. (laughs) (laughs) Way to go. I I don't even know what happened. But we gained three because everybody, including Shirley, likes bloopers. I do. Shirley's a big fan of the news bloopers. I, I, yes, about once a month, I check YouTube to see the monthly um compilation of news bloopers and i find them hysterical yes chandler uh i'm a human blooper oh I- <laughs> you're a walking you are human a walking human yeah <laughs> you like to spend your youtube time watching old like just random Panther games stuff. Yeah. random highlights yeah. um so like next week i'll probably look up old super bowls yeah like the ones that i remember vividly What's the? Did I ask you what your first Super Bowl you remember is? Uh, I think Patriots Giants in 07. Man, that's crazy. See, I don't remember Super Bowls as far as games go. I remember like halftime shows. What's the first halftime show you remember? You don't remember? Probably the year. It wouldn't even be the halftime show. It would be the national anthem. Whitney. The year, Whitney, yeah. yeah. That was Giants Bills. Bubba Bills. It was one of those Bills years. I think it was Giants Bills. I remember the Bills years just because I remember pulling for the Bills and they lost every year. Every time. Every time. But I think maybe New Kids on the Block when they did the halftime show. I remember we went over the list. We'll do this again next week. We went over the old list of halftime shows. Mm -hmm. And I asked who everybody wanted to see at halftime perform. That's what radio is. You just recycle old stuff all the time. Like your top five halftime shows. Top five. And then one, and then a halftime show maybe you've never seen before, but you'd love to see. And then the uh, year that was Tom Petty that got frozen on the screen. Yes, that got frozen. Because I... I That was a Panthers? Was that Panthers? It might have been. Panthers Patriots? It might have been. In 04. I think that might have been it. I might have been after that. I just remember I bought a brand new TV for the Super Bowl. I'm going to text Brian And when Tom Petty froze, I thought my TV had 
malfunctioned and i was furious take this thing back to the store i because i thought i had spent hundreds of dollars on this tv how long was he froze frozen it was on into the third quarter yeah the game was already back in progress by the time they fixed it but i would say like maybe five six minutes into the third yeah wow pretty but i remember i was at a super bowl party and we went outside and listened to it on pirate radio yeah by the way your radio home for Super Bowl 56. When the TV screws up, when your streaming goes down, we got you covered Jump in here your cars. at Pirate Radio. Or grab a radio. I'm going to ask North. But, yeah. Could you playing. still hear the commentary on the TV? Or? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. You could hear everything that was going on, but the picture was stuck was on Tom, Tom Petty's face. I don't even know what's. I don't know. I just remember that thinking to myself. I never want to see Tom Petty's face again after that I like because Tom I honestly, Petty. I honestly thought my TV had malfunctioned after I had spent all that money on it. I like Tom Petty. He is not a uh, an attractive guy. New. What if it got froze on Janet Jackson's teeth? Now that now that would have been interesting. <laughs> what an outrage! I mean, that might have been. That would probably the still FCC be the most probably huge Super Bowl have of impl- all time to this day. <laughs> the FCC probably would have imploded at that point with the amount of calls. They would have melted down, you know, as far as the amount of phone calls. Because, I mean, think about the volume of calls that they got when that split second took place. Because I even did a double take. I was like, did I just see what I thought I just saw? Oh, you did. And I did. Um, all right. We got to we gotta take a break. Um, of course we do. Uh, Keith said it was Pat's Giants 07 when the TV was frozen, which would be the first Super Bowl you remember. Yeah. How old were you? I was uh, nine years old. I want to, Shirley. 07. Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm switching gears here. Chandler, if you don't can't, don't know how old you are, don't worry about it. Uh, let's take a break. Oh, I, I want to get a sign that says days since the last mistake clip made. <laughs> And just keep it because we're at zero days. I, I have a retraction. Last week at Trivia, Steve Hill asked, this rookie player became the first rookie to lead all players in all-star votes in 1995. He did not say rookie of the year. So I would oh. like to retract my complaint. He's, Steve says that our protest has been denied and for good reason. So I was wrong. I apologize. It has been zero days since my last mistake. And it's been two yes, minutes man. since uh, I flubbed the line. So Chandler's got a perfect game going. Don't ruin it, Chandler. See, now you jinxed him. I jinxed him. I just <laughs> did. All right, dang. We'll talk to Bryce Williams when we return on Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Back with you after this. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference at Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Villa Verde on 10th Street and Villa Verde Dose by the hospital are open for you, serving unique and healthy dishes from the Dominican Republic. Order online at myvillaverde.com or the Villa Verde app. You can order a family meal that feeds six to seven people, and they'll have it ready for curbside pickup today. 
Whether it's dine-in or takeout, Villa Verde is a platform for good. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All right. Uh, that was a contentious time when Tom Petty's face got frozen on the Fox screen on in eastern North Carolina for Brian North. So I figured he would remember quite well. And uh, Keith was right. I believe it was Keith. I'll give him some credit. I like passing around credit when credit is due. Keith Combs says it was Pat's Giants when the TV was frozen. He was correct. Brian North said that was when the Giants beat the Patriots, who were undefeated, the most boring-ass Super Bowl ever that was saved by the helmet catch and a late touchdown by the Giants. If Tom Petty ever had to freeze on our screen, it was that Super Bowl because it was a it was <laughs> and then he said more curse words i'm positive it was january 08 we had the signal working again for the fourth quarter dramatics so so we basically missed the entire third quarter due to tom petty um basically yeah i don't know exactly when i don't remember i on. just remember it took forever and i was stupid mad and i said <laughs> i thought it might have been panthers patriots but then redbeard uh tweets in and says janet jackson was panthers patriots oh so my brain is mush then during the break chandler and i tried to go over all the super bowls we could and by the years and our brains are fried all right let's talk to the clear-minded and always intelligent bryce williams who joins us on the pirate radio live line uh out of the studio today because it's a live edition of pirate radio outdoors bryce how you doing man i'm doing good how are y'all doing doing fantastic bryce uh where are you at today uh i'm in the pam i guess the south side of the pamela Cove. south pam all right what are we doing out there we are going for the old elusive speckled trout <laughs> the elusive speckled trout um how we doing you getting skunked what we got what we got going on uh well i've been out here since about 7 30 today has not been the day that has at least seemed to be promised by the way the forecast it's a beautiful day i mean absolutely low zero wind now the sun finally popped out around one or so lunchtime things gonna fire we thought we were gonna fire up the afternoon by but it has been slow, and I have caught one trout as of today. It was not like Sunday. Seven thirty. So, are you saying like you've been out there nine hours almost? I have. Wow! Wow! Yeah, it's because we. I knew it was probably going to be more so. You know, warm up a little bit, get the water temperatures a little warmer, mm-hmm. and I bite. But I said, "Well, shoot, if I can get a whole day fishing, why not?" Um, I said, well, I'm just going to go and ride it out for the morning and hope it's the best in the afternoon. And uh, unfortunately, it has not worked out so far. But, you know, i got about, you know, 50 or so minutes. So you never know. Strong finish. It could turn on and hopefully I'm there with that. Could be a flurry coming up to wrap up the day. Bryce, uh, what kind of bait you working on there with uh, trying to catch a speckled trout allure? What, what do you put on your uh, your hook there? a what you would call a mardi gras which is the color but the lure is a MR, mirror lure mr17 all right current i'm throwing right now with a i guess you call it hot the hot tail at chartreuse 
It's actually, I guess you could say it's almost like a purple and gold, like a, a pirate lure color right at the moment. All right. Well, there you go. Hopefully that'll help you out these last 50 minutes or so. It would be fitting to use that lure while I speak to pirate radio. <laughs> there you go. What uh, most important question for me and Chandler and folks like us, uh, what, what did you eat? Like, what do you take on the boat to eat? Well, I've actually, let's see, I had breakfast before I left, but then Jay had a extra bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich that was, it was actually uh, air temperature, like it wasn't hot, but it was actually really good, so I had that, and then the must-have while you're fishing, uh, the square nabs and potted meat mixture, <laughs> they use as a spoon to eat the potted meat out of. Oh, God. So that I had that. Then I've had some peanut butter stuffed pretzels, and I unfortunately did not pack enough uh, cold beer. Cold beer, or, or didn't at all actually. But I had a friend that we saw in the same creek who was gener- generous enough to lend me and Jay one natural light, one natty light to get you through the day. Um, is, does anybody ever like just set up shop? I, I guess it would be illegal. How do we legalize, like, if I wanted to set up a little boat or something out there in the middle of the water, Bryce, and sell beer out there to passing boats? Sounds like a Shark Tank idea. It it would probably be a great um, idea. I don't know if you're, I guess, um, introducing drinking and driving. Yeah. But uh, I guess... I guess you could limit to like maybe a beer or two a person, you know. If yeah, well, I mean, people drive to the store to get beer, but they don't crack it open in their car, so I could see the difference there. They may save it when they get home. Yeah, <laughs> great idea. Yeah, just something to, to think about. Get get to work on that, Bryce. We'll uh, we'll go into business together. All right, so Bryce Williams on the water. One today, uh, not a great day. How about since we last talked, Bryce, you you done anything in the woods or the water? So, you know, I always talk about, you know, how big of a deal it is to you know to catch a, a, a trout 20 inches or more, right? You yeah, yeah. Well, I have since December 10th, 2019, have not caught a fish 20 inches or more. And thankfully, Sunday, so almost what, two, two, right around two years in a month, I guess you could say, I finally caught a 21-inch trout, and then I caught, to match my personal best, a 24-inch trout. So it was, uh, and then several little trout here and there. So Sunday was a great day to, you know, finally catch a trout over 20 inches and my buddy and the other guy that was on the boat called several It was a very good day with very high quality. We had quality and quantity. So Awesome. Big time. Good stuff. Bryce Williams joining us today on the Pirate Radio Live Line. Bryce, the Super Bowl is set. Love the matchup. Should be a fun one. You got cool color schemes for uh, both teams, too, if you're interested in that. Rams and Bengals. Burrow versus Stafford. The quarterback matchup, Von Miller uh, on the defensive side for L.A., looking for his second Super Bowl title. What do you think about the uh, the matchup we got coming up next Sunday? I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about it. Just one, because it's, you know, well, 
the Rams, they, they've made it to one recently, but Cincinnati, you know, hasn't made it to one in quite a while. Um, and Joe Burrow, he seems like a cool cat. Um, and being that we have a fellow, you know, former ECU um, yeah. lineman, so Mike Hilton, number 21, I guess he's more of a nickel or a corner for Cincinnati. Um, I'm definitely, I think I'll be pulling for, the, for Cincinnati. Um but I am excited about it so to uh, watch it. Rams are the favorite. We'll get your official uh, prediction coming up next Wednesday on the show because you got the Pro Bowl coming up this week, and uh, and that's about it. Uh, Bryce, what do you think about the uh, – do you see my team has a new name in the NFL? Really? I have not seen that yet. No, nah, you've been on the water. You ain't seen nothing today. Um no. The Washington, formerly known as the Redskins, formerly known as the football team, are now called – the Washington Commanders. God. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> Not a fan? I do. Dang. How do you feel about it, Cliff? I mean... Not great. Not great, but it's... It is what... It, it, ten years from now, we'll get used to it. It'll be all right. I, I, it doesn't overwhelm me. It's kind of boring. Um. So, yeah. Yeah, honestly, I think when we talked about this, um, you know, a few months ago, I thought they could ride out with, you know, Washington football team. I like that. That seems like it's brought, got some class. It kind of reminds me of the Oakland Athletics. Um, Just, yeah, kind of, kind of a general name. Um, yeah, I wish they would have stuck with the Washington football team. Are you going to buy a hat that says, Washington Commanders. I meant to say uh, that coming back into this segment, I'm looking up hats. Should I drop $42 on a new Washington Commanders hat? I would maybe wait till they change the logo. Maybe they, depending on what the logo, I feel like... Mm. Now it's just a big old W up there. That's all they got. W? The jerseys, they are going with a black jersey, Bryce, and that might look cool, so that's going to be something new. So, uh... I don't know. I might be into that. We'll see once they uh, they kick it off. Are they going to stick with the, I guess, is it a burgundy? Are they going to stick with that? Or? Yeah, they're still, so they have a like an all burgundy jersey with a burgundy helmet. They have a white jersey that looks kind of funky with weird numbers that I don't think I like. And then they have a black with a black helmet that, uh, that looks pretty cool. Huh. I'll have to uh, Google what the washington commanders are going to be looking like. <laughs> all right yeah you do that and uh and we'll get your full report coming up next week uh when bryce joins us here on pirate radio live uh let's see what else is going on we got hoops tonight ecu basketball in action against temple uh what else you've been doing what else you've been up to bryce man i'll see you know, i've been able to fish the past two i've been able to fish twice in the last however many days it's been and you know, doing my normal thing. Um, I've been try- I've been on Facebook Marketplace trying to figure out to make some additions to my boat as far as putting a depth finder up at the bow of the boat um, so that while I'm up at, you know, at the bow, I can actually see what the depth is and all that without having to worry about um, walking back or asking somebody a hundred times, hey, what's the depth? Um, all right. You know, been doing some shopping there and as an update on the fishing and i'm back in this creek i'm seeing it looks like some bait at the surface of the water and most of the time with a bait 
there's predators. So I'm gonna, hopefully while I'm on the phone with y'all, I can at least get a trout and get some real live action here. So I'm going to attempt to do that. Um, but other than that, fishing, um, I'm going skiing next weekend. You know, my, I'm very, pretty much old plain Jane. You're going uh, skiing again? Where are you going? This will be a William family ski trip. I think we're going to uh, Beach Mountain, I think, is uh, is right. desired for us. You are a true outdoorsman, Bryce. That, that'll be fun. So uh, we'll have uh, we'll have updates on that as well. All right. Well, uh, I don't want you to rattle the fish, so we'll keep our voices down. We'll let you go and see if you can have a strong uh, finish to this day here. I'm going I'm to work on it. I'm going to try all right, buddy. Good to talk with you, Bryce. We'll uh, talk to you next week, man. Good deal. Ready to see y'all. All right, buddy. There is Bryce Williams live on a boat trying to bring in the elusive speckled trout. They have been very elusive today. One catch in eight hours and 51 minutes. <laughs> he had me at nabs, and then he... Uh, oh, I meant he, to bring up potted meat. He lost me at potted meat. Do you have older family members that kept potted meat in the house? Because I uh, did. I do, and I think my grandparents might have had. still yep. eat it every once in a while. Ugh. Once in a blue moon, I'll eat it. I remember my it's grandparents. really good on saltine crackers. Always had potted meat. Spam? Vienna. Vienna. Hey, Vienner sausage. Vienner sausage. Some of that Vienner. They had yeah. that. Beanie Weenies, which uh, I, would, yeah. Yeah, I, I like those compared to the others. My my other grandparent, my grandma's side, she always had... Uh, sardines in her Ew, no. yeah. mm. Ugh, these old people old people these foods. old people man spam i i remember spam my mom fat back now they ain't nothing wrong with fat back oh i know so with spam do you you cook it up right you fry it yeah my and mom it my mom like fries it ham special ham? i don't know because i don't eat it but my mom does how do you eat potted meat you put it on a saltine cracker i know but like is it you, you think it tastes good well, I mean, I haven't eaten it in in quite a long time, but I have eaten it. I know I have too. Like probably within the last maybe two or three years, I've eaten it. But and that's like in a situation where you're hungry, but you're not like real real hungry, so you don't feel like making anything to eat, <coughs> but you kind of want something in your stomach, and uh, you get a little thing of potted meat and some saltine crackers, slap some on there, and you got yourself a little bit it's it's a little filling it's better than potato chips and all right in terms of you know you don't want empty calories because you're gonna feel like you're full and then 30 minutes later you're hungry again this has been shirley Rhodes speaking for potted meat this is yeah this the is pros. the, this is the potted meat there corner 7 30 yes that's I, crazy now that's crazy to me because i'm like look my max might be three or four hours but that's that's you're pushing it. i mean no i know a buddy of mine especially that, if the fish aren't biting it's yeah. one thing if I, the fish are biting and you're catching a lot of fish i don't mind being out there all day well i if, know a, i know a buddy of mine that goes deep sea fishing and they go way off the shore and they leave at like four thirty, five o'clock in the morning and they might not get back till like six in that you know six in the evening well i can understand that for deep sea but not out in the pamlico i'm just talking about how long the like the duration of like i'd be napping that's crazy yeah i'd be completely asleep 
tyler says potted meat is a pantry staple it's like your uh your pantry just comes with it when you you get a home potted meat inside of it well hey, i mean potted it's, meat in here it's for? cheap it comes with the house it's cheap and if you uh you can also make a sandwich out of it you can put it in a sandwich like put it on some bread I'm gonna, I, I'm my gonna mom's make eating that. Eat some and just see what she says Vi- so this is what we used to eat back in the day i lived off of vienna sausages <laughs> that, now that stuff's just nasty you throw some vinegar on it or anything? oh my god <laughs> oh my god eat it right out of the can <laughs> i like you turning your nose up to buy any sausage after you just shared your love for potted meat like that's a lot better. i do love that potted meat though <laughs> i like a buffet you little sausage look as, as picky potted meat. that's what's so funny about it is as picky of, a, of an a eater as of all the <laughs> Of all the disgusting sardines, sardines, potted meats, vienna sausages. What is that? Uh, spam. Spam. Uh, have you ever eaten the dried beef? It's in a little glass jar. Oh dear. Yeah. We got to go to break. That's another gra- grandma special. Right glass there. jar, dry beef. I'm gonna go grab some of the potted meat back in the uh, back in the kitchen. We need to keep some here. It yeah. has a huge shelf life, by the way. Yeah, that's another reason it's good. <laughs> It's like a Twinkie. <laughs> it will be, you know what? If I think about it, I'll get some for Bryce to have live on the air next week while we're talking to him. And get him some nabs. I'm just crushing some potted meat. Now, if we get nabs, I'm I'm joining in on nabs that. Nabs and a Pepsi Cola. Yes, sir. And a Moon Pie. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Brett Higman joins us. Coach Brett Higman. Talk some uh, pirate football. Talk about the, uh, the coach's clinic he was at this past weekend and a whole lot more when we return on pirate radio live here on a wednesday back with you after this This hour of PRL is brought to you by Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference at Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency. From maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk, Town's insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions, call 756-8300 today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Clip Brock. All righty. Welcome back into the program. Coming up at 5 o'clock, we'll talk to Billy Weaver, my cohort on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show, fellow Commanders fan, and uh, didn't plan this, but we have another Commanders fan joining us now on the pirate radio live line he is coach brett hickman who joins us not a stranger to pirate radio i believe he's been on before with steven igo uh first time joining us on pirate radio live coach hickman appreciate your time how you doing today i'm doing all right i mean are we going hell to the commanders now is that the is that the new phrase or is, 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 is am i am i doing this right i guess it doesn't really fit with the syllables and everything we'll have to uh but hell to the commanders that's that sounds good uh i i guess we get, well, well first of all coach for people that don't know you if uh you follow hoist the colors especially during football season you know uh brett hickman does the video breakdowns the q and a's really good stuff and i enjoy that on hoist the colors but coach for uh folks that don't know you uh tell us uh, about yourself yeah i mean i guess as it's uh related to to your listeners i'm a 
lifelong kind of East Carolina guy. Went to school there. Both both me and my wife are graduates. Both my brothers are alums. My brother-in-law is an alum. And I uh, had a chance from 2006 to the spring of 2009 to be involved with the football program up there with uh, Coach Skip Holtz. And uh, just embarked on a, a nine-year kind of postgraduate journey at the Division Two level at North Greenville University as a as a football coach, and then for five years at the FCS level at Gardner Webb University, and then I, I'm going into my fifth season as the head football coach at my high school alma mater, West Brunswick High School, and do do a little work on on the side with with Stephen over at HTC, and, and enjoy staying involved in in pirate football in that aspect. Good stuff, and Coach, I wanted to get you on the show. I saw a lot of pictures from you and others uh, at a recent coaches clinic with uh, some college football coaches and, and some high school coaches as well, and, and wanted to talk about that and some pirate football, but we were uh, on the subject uh, of the commanders. So, uh, Coach, I, so I, I've been a, a Redskins fan since birth. I, I remember, I think I, I vaguely remember the Super Bowl win over the Broncos. I definitely remember the win over the bills and since i've been following them every week around 95 uh it's been not a fun life uh but how about you how long have you been a, a washington fan i don't think i'm much different than you cliff it sounds like we're about the same age yeah. so i think my first real nfl um memory was them beating the bills and and they were the closest team for a long time so my my parents were were redskin fans and you know, that was kind of the heyday when you first kind of learn about football. It was Joe Gibbs and Daryl Green and Art Monk. And I remember Mark Rippon playing quarterback. And and uh, by the time the Panthers had come around, I was hooked. And then me and my me and my little brother, of course, stayed with Washington. My older brother became a Panthers fan, so hmm. we have to forgive him every now and then. But, uh, yeah, you know, and it, I guess it's been good when, when I was involved in college football for 12 years, you were usually busy and working on Sundays. So <laughs> a lot of six and 10 and, and seven and nines and the occasional, I guess, wild card birth or whatever. That was a good year. And yep. I still keep hoping we can find a franchise quarterback and, and turn it around. But I think it starts at the top there. And there, there's a lot of issues that, that, you know, have kept the, the football team or the commanders or what. <laughs> from uh being being toward the the upper echelon of the, the national football league well it sounds like uh maybe reluctantly but reluctantly or not you are uh you're on board with with the commanders what did you think of the the name the jersey rollout the the logo uh how you feeling about this new uh this new direction they're going i guess i'm neutral yeah you know, i mean two years ago i was furious you know, in the original nickname, and I was kind of finally getting on board with the football team. <laughs> After five or six years of this, maybe maybe we'll get used to it. Not a big fan of the uniforms, though, man. I thought, you know, I, th- I thought you could have kept a, a taste of the history of the franchise by, you know, I think they've done that with the football team with kind of the classic stripe and the colors. I think these white uniforms and the black uniforms, are, they look like something like if you ever watched the show Playmakers on ESPN back in the day. Oh, yeah. Maybe any given Sunday, I mean, I, you know, they don't look like NFL uniforms, and they definitely don't look like what I grew up with. But you know, I, 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 if I've stuck with them for the last thirty years, yeah. I mean, I, I think 
think I'm here to stay. Yeah, they've given us a million reasons to stop following them, and uh, we've stuck with it. So might as well, might as well stick with them again. Talking to uh, Brett Hickman today on the Pirate Radio Live Line, Coach. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the clinic recently because I saw photos um, from you and a lot of others, and it was really neat to see. You know, Ruff McNeil and Mike Houston and, and Blake Carroll, but also uh, I saw pictures of you know C.J. Wilson and, and Will Bland. Uh, some local coaches, Brandon Simmons, uh, a former pirate, and uh, and and can you tell us uh, about that clinic? Where was it, and, and what it all entails? Because uh, looked like you saw some uh, some pretty cool guys there at that thing. Yeah, so the Eastern North Carolina Football Coaches Association was founded in 2015 by Paul Cornwell, who was formerly at Aiden Ripton, is, is still with Pitt County Schools as an AP over at Farmville Central. Uh, when he was the head coach at Aiden Grifton and David Bowl, who was the head coach at, at North Pitt for a while, David's also gone into athletic administration down at Croatan. But they really did a good job getting that association off the ground, and it's grown from uh, kind of being centered around Pitt County, you know, in that that general area of Eastern North Carolina, down through um, you know all the way down to us in the Wilmington area. We had coaches from from Raleigh and Fayetteville, 255 coaches, and I tell you, over the last a uh, year or two, Jeremy Joyner over at East Duplin has done a great job taking over the leadership of the association, and, and Garrett Wingett, um, who's, you know, Garrett and our relationship goes back to East Carolina. He was actually a student manager um, when I was involved in the program up there, and he's an assistant over at Rose, and those two guys have really done a great job taking the lead um, and to really help the clinic grow. And then we have a board of directors of about six of us that are responsible for getting the guest speakers. And so we had 255 high school coaches uh, at the Holiday Inn there in, in Greenville on Friday night. To, Coach Ruff did us a solid by coming back to Greenville. And, uh, you know, certainly Coach Houston and his staff, are, it's advantageous for it to be right there in town. And we usually get one guy from their staff to come speak. And then Saturday we went over to Greenville Rose and, brought in high school coaches from all over the state of North Carolina to come in and kind of talk about their specialty. And, you know, Nate Connor there in Greenville spoke, Caleb King, the offensive coordinator over at Rose, you know, Craig Underwood, who does a great job down at Hoggard High School. So we're trying to make it the best football clinic for high school coaches in the in the state of North Carolina, and I think we're, we're well on our way to doing that as our association continues to grow. And, and it's good for Eastern North Carolina high school football. I mean, that's, that's the whole purpose is to do right by – the student athletes of of you know from 1a to 4a here from raleigh east basically so we're excited about the growth we're excited about uh what we were able to get done this weekend and, and looking forward to next year yeah that's really neat and uh doing a great job with that and uh it was great to see uh some of those old faces uh to brett and uh catch up with uh you know old friends and some foes that you meet on the field so uh you know how friendly is it is everybody sharing tips or is everybody kind of scared to to talk about too much because they don't want the opposing coaches to know what they do how does that work you know i think you get a little bit guarded if you find somebody that's in your conference up there while you're speaking yeah but um i think that's natural but the reality is 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 we've always been a sharing profession you know and whether or not it's something that you do fundamentally or in your program. I mean, I listened to Craig Underwood speak over at Hogger, and they've won our conference the last two years trying, you know, not necessarily find an edge to beat them, but find an edge to maybe get our program better or something of that nature. But by and large, coaches are pretty professional in their nature, and 
you know, we're competitors on Friday nights or Saturdays or Sundays or whatever the case is. And, and when it's over, you know, we're, we're ultimately, if, if you're doing this for the right reason, you're in it to try and help young people grow and become better men and become better players, maybe get an opportunity to go play at the next level. And, you know, when you have the same mission as a competitor, typically you can leave that competitiveness, you know, when the clock hits zero. Yeah. Brett Hegman joining us. Uh, Brett, uh, along with being a high school coach, as we mentioned, uh, chipped in with Hoist the Colors, broke down uh, some video, did some Q&A uh, after each ECU game uh, of the football season. And Brett, I'll ask you, after breaking it down all year and, and being a coach and involved in it so long, we talked about the defensive improvements with East Carolina. Uh, in year one of Blake Carroll, we saw some signs. Year two, uh, we saw marked improvements, uh, one of the best teams in the nation on third down. So what did you see, you know, how did they make this marked improvement from uh, two, three years ago on the defensive side? What were the, you know, is it personnel? Is it something that Harold's doing that previous coaches weren't doing? What, what was the, the reason for the strides on the defensive side for ECU? You know, I think going back, and I've had an opportunity to coach against Coach Houston and Coach Harold actually at two of their previous stops. I was at North Greenville when they were at Lenore Ryan and then at Gardner Webb when they were at the Citadel and I guess I've coached against each of them five or six times. You know, when when I look back on what those guys were doing schematically on defense at those times, I mean they were they were really a base four two five defense, kind of very similar to what East Carolina was doing uh, with Bob Schrock the first year um, when when Coach Houston was here. I, I think it's credit to Coach Houston um, as as the head coach of the program. I think he saw the need in the AAC for for being a little bit more multiple, being a little bit more aggressive. Um, you know, with with how good Cincinnati is on offense and UCF and Houston and those guys, and that you just couldn't sit back there and play you know base four two defense quarters coverage or whatever. So, you know, Blake. I think being away from Coach Houston those years, when when Coach Houston had moved to James Madison and, and Blake had gone to had been on his own at the Citadel as the coordinator, and then at Kennesaw, he really uh, added on to that base package. So schematically, you know, it, it's nothing. I mean, he's evolved over the course of the last five or six years as the RPO game has become more prevalent and. And he's found some ways to manipulate them, and I think overall aggressiveness. But all of that fails, you know, to to mention. You know, the most important thing is they've done a good job of overhauling the roster, mm-hmm. getting who can play in the AAC, and and still focusing on the the four things that I think you know make defenses really good, and that's your your effort, making sure your eyes are in the right spot, you know, your overall toughness or your culture, and then your ability to tackle in space and. They've done all of those things better over the course of the last two years. And, you know, just listening to Blake talk about his third down package on, on Friday night at our clinic, he's got some really good ideas to manipulate protections. And, you know, he's been really good at corner. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, he's, he's going to have to fit the pieces and the other puzzle like you do every year. You know, what are the answers at inside linebacker moving forward? Uh, other than Malik Fleming, what do you do at corner now that McMillan's gone? And, uh, Johnson's going to to play at Miami of Ohio. So I mean, but I, if anything's told us over the course of the last two years, he's he's got enough in the toolbox, you know, schematically to get the job done. And I think he's done it. I think they've done a great job at the roster of building solid depth over the course of the last three years. So really excited about the uh, 
continued growth on that side of the ball. No doubt, and uh, it'll be the second full off season with coach Blake Carroll. Of course, the first year he was here, there wasn't a lot of contact. It was the COVID year, so he has uh, made some strides here since coming here to East Carolina. How about the, the offensive side, Brett? You get a, another year of Holt Naylor's coming up. Um, at, at times, the Pirates are explosive. At other times, not so much. Uh, is it you know? Is it just the Pirates need to get better up front on the offensive line? Are they too predictable? What, what's the reason for when we do see that offense sputter? Uh, what what are the reasons for that when you you broke it down last season? Well, sometimes perception and reality don't match, and sometimes perception is reality. I mean, at times it's a good offensive football team. They're by statistics and, and numbers and raw data and points per game and total yards. It's actually a pretty decent offensive team. Yeah. Uh, but I think the reality is 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 they, they, we we have not been good on third down. Um, they had their moments toward the end of the year against Navy and Memphis where where that changed um but and i i think that's one thing and then there's an old saying amongst football coaches that every every person knows how to do two things they know how to charcoal the steak and then they know how to call plays <laughs> and uh, you know charcoal is calling plays and managing a clock those seem to be the things that everybody on, on message boards go after every week well i don't know about everybody but all of our uh, fifth quarter callers know how to do it yeah. and so do i brett uh I, and, and i'm not a coach so yeah i know what you mean okay. <laughs> i mean it's what it is and yeah. sometimes it's it's a valid concern uh i think in terms of, of going through uh, the three the three college programs high school is a different animal because you're kind of coaching who comes up through the ranks and mm. it is is but in the three college programs I've been around I, I've gotten with involved in the program at ECU with Coach Holt Steer in his second year and I would call that a successful rebuild and then at North Greenville we went from two wins to eleven wins by the time we had we had left so that was a successful rebuild and then at Gardner Webb we actually got worse as we got through and, and the difference is between the two successful rebuilds and the one that didn't work out was we figured out the offensive line and um, you know that's a situation where I think it's the hardest position to turn over I think it's the hardest position to develop and that's why when you get a Steve Shankweiler you get a great offensive line coach you hold on to them because you know, I think everyone understands how hard it is. So, you know, after two or three years, you've seen a team that's running the football pretty effectively, in in my opinion, at at least against the middle and lower tier part of the AAC. But when push comes to shove, if you want to beat Houston, if you want to beat Cincinnati, you know, you've got to be able to adequately win from the pocket, and that includes not only the quarterback and the receivers getting open, but you got to be able to pass protect. And, and by every measurable statistical analysis on PFF or you know, my old-fashioned eye test, uh, the O-line right now is, has been better at run blocking than pass blocking. Mm-hmm. And, getting, and Holton's had to, had to play a lot the last two years off-platform. And, um, you know, that's it's not unusual. But, you know, I think the guy's a pretty good player, but he's not Joe Burrow. You know, he's not <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. I mean, those guys are... Uh, they can they can deliver you know on platform off platform in rhythm out of rhythm so you know I, the the goal is you know to continue to develop the guys that you've recruited and maybe piece together like they've done in the, in the transfer portal with with getting some O linemen that are plug and play like the like the kid that committed yesterday um, and then the kid who committed from West Virginia there at the mid year so 
you know, hopefully those guys can come in and be day one ready starters. And, and the guys, you know, I'm pretty high on the center. I think Avery Jones is going to be a really good player. Um, you know, that was his first year playing it. So you saw the growing pain. So, you know, as that group improves, uh, you know, I think we feel pretty good about what we've got at running back. We feel pretty good about what we've got at quarterback coming forward. You know, it, it, it ultimately comes down to offensive line play and, you know, who, who replaces that, that production on the outside with Tyler Sneed going and uh, Audio Matosho, who I thought had a really good year. So those are the answers they got to start working on this spring. And if I know it, you can bet your rear end Coach Houston knows it. <laughs> Brett Hagman joining us, uh, Coach, at West Brunswick. And uh, talk about your time at East Carolina, and you brought up O-lines, and I think your time overlapped with this guy, uh, last year, we, we caught up with James Pinckney for the first time in a long time. He's actually uh, doing some training and working with young quarterbacks. And, Brett, if uh, if he had an O-line here at ECU or wherever he was, uh, the numbers he would have put up, I think, would have been incredible. I think he's, he's underrated when we look back at uh, James Pinckney as an ECU quarterback. How about you? Well, the night we went to, to state in 2006, I think it was Chuck Amato's last game. Yeah. The guy just took a he took a beating, and ultimately he made a couple of plays. And Andre Allison made a play there on the sideline, and you know that that was a guy. Had he played the next couple of years, when when the Stanley Bryant's and the Willie Smiths mm-hmm. and those guys started to play on the O line, and the Fred Hicks, you know, as those guys matured, you know, who knows what James would have done because he was. Um, as my time overlapped, and this is not to disparage Rob or, or Patrick and Patrick Pinckney in any way, but James was more gifted than those guys in my in my estimation. Uh, but those guys played with a with a better supporting cast relatively across across the board on the offensive line. So, um, you know, I think it's a good point. And I had you know James somehow off the backs of what he did. I think the first year Coach Holtz came in, won five games, and then the next year uh, was the Papa John's Bowl. And, and certainly those guys, Coach Holtz's first two years, laid the foundation for yeah. the Hawaii Bowl and then the two championships. Brett Higman joining us today. Brett, uh, great talking football with you, man. Uh, we appreciate it. We'll do it again uh, sometime down the road. But uh, what, what's the uh, the off season like for you? What are you, uh, what are you doing these days? Well, we're uh, teaching U.S. history, a couple <laughs> of and uh, you know we're doing that, and then we're getting through with winter sports here, and we've got about eight guys playing basketball here at West Brunswick that play for us, and seven or eight who wrestle, and then so in the middle of February we'll get going with with track and all season workouts, but most of the work's done in the weight room this time of year, so you know we're enjoying these three or four months as we get get going again didn't have as good of a year this year as we had had the previous two so um excited to get back to work with our team here we've got 17 or 18 starters coming back so uh just tr- just trying to find a little nugget here and there that'll that'll help the trojans win a game or two more next year there you go uh, at coach hick easy enough on twitter and brett uh hopefully you'll be chiming in some during spring ball on hoist the colors so we can uh ask you some questions absolutely clear appreciate you guys having me thank you man there's brett hickman joining us today on pirate radio live uh reliving some old ecu days there and also talking about this current team and uh, he does a great job on hoist the colors during the season of uh answering some of our novice questions that we think we know all the answers we don't uh but some guys do have uh much better answers than than we do all right uh quick look at your buccaneer music hall scoreboard 
presented by da bob da bob missouri 56 florida 52 326 left to go in the game there is some ugly ugly sloppy basketball going on in that basketball game that there is could is that a precursor to tonight ecu's due for a good performance i like ecu first half and game tonight wow as will i am i like said, your confidence in the pirates tonight i got a feeling all hey, right that tonight's going to be a good night when we return don't look at this shirley you might have already seen it don't look at our comments on facebook she's going don't go to it don't look, yeah you can hit the music johnny johnny robertson has put up the first three ingredients listed for hormel potted meat and when we return i will read those ingredients (laughs) they're probably really gross too oh dear you might want to stop eating while i'm reading them but we'll do that when we return separated pick parts (laughs) you're not far off I figured. We'll uh, we'll do that. Wrap up hour two of Pirate Radio Live when we return after this. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference in Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now back to the show. Welcome back. You work hard for your money at Carolina Wealth Management. We believe that your money should work hard for you. Do you know if it is? To learn more about your investment portfolio, go to MyCarolinaWealth.com to schedule a free consultation. That's MyCarolinaWealth.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All right, Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt. What's in potted meat? We were talking potted meat earlier. It's a staple in all country kitchens, especially uh, from yesteryear. We all had it growing up yep um so johnny robertson posted the first three ingredients listed for hormel hormel potted meat uh first up beef tripe okay i'm gonna uh you're gonna have to google that beef tripe uh beef tripe tripe is an edible lining from the stomachs of various farm animals most tripe is from cattle pigs and sheep okay so beef tripe would probably be cattle uh so it is the uh beef tripe is made from the muscle wall of a cow's stomach chambers Mm. (laughs) Mm. delicious (laughs) all right so we got some tripe it's so yummy (laughs) we got some of that in there uh number two mechanically sep- mechanically separated chicken so it was separated mechanically i like that they uh specified that instead of saying like manually or mechanically hand separated chicken why is it mechanically separated well i guess you don't want to separate it by hand for contamination reasons okay so they want you to I, know I'm guessing. it's mechanically separated chicken I like a variety of foods, Shirley. I'm a big... Uh, so we've got chicken parts. And, and beef parts. Cow parts. Cow, yeah. I like uh, a buffet. So this is up my alley. 
If somewhere we could put some shrimp in this thing, I'd be oh, feeling Jesus. good. Okay. Uh, last on the list, or third anyway, beef hearts. Oh. Beef hearts? I didn't say bee farts. <laughs> I said beef hearts. Beef hearts. So I'm going to Google that, and I'm going to assume that just means beef heart meat is the muscle that's been trimmed from the heart wall. A lot of walls in this thing. Okay. I wonder which one of those parts is the salty tasting stuff. Because <laughs> potted meat does have a little bit of a salty taste to it. Yeah. High in uh, sodium. So are, are we talking the stomach wall, the heart wall, the mechanically separated chicken? <laughs> you're beef my, farts. You're my wonder wall. <laughs> um, you know what? Could have been grosser. Could have been grosser. I would have preferred not to have known what i was eating because a lot of people say you know when they some people say oh do you know what's in a hot dog no i don't want to know what's in a hot dog i want to know is it going to be fried and is it going to be either red or brown which which one which one because it all beef one is brown i don't know what the red one is but i like the red ones better i had uh chinese last night i had leftover chinese for lunch today and i know what i ordered but i don't know exactly what's in there and like you said i really don't care to know i don't care to know how things are made yeah i mean i know bacon comes from pigs i don't care to know how it's made or how it gets from pig to what i see in the grocery store as bacon yeah i don't care to know that here's what i do know it's good with some eggs and some grits Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's all i know preach girl Yas Queen. Yes, Queen. Yes, Queen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's take a break. When we return, Billy Weaver. Weaver. Hello to uh, Richard and Shane tuned in. What's up, gang? We will talk commanders. We'll talk pirates. We'll talk Super Bowl. Um, for a second there, I thought you said you were going to talk while being in commando. No, I wore drawers today. Okay, just checking. And um, I mean, it's hard to tell from the picture you sent out earlier on Twitter. But <laughs> Yeah, Chandler, why are you taking pictures of people using the bathroom? <laughs> Weirdo. This is a part of the harassment that I go through here at Pirate Radio. This is a part of the harassment. Because this I was told to take a picture of a man <laughs> on the pot <laughs> taking a dump. Well, you know what? Better looking you than at a me. picture of Better the Redskins logo and then blames me and makes me look like a weirdo by saying, Yeah, why are you taking a picture of me on the toilet, Chandler? I, Better when, you than me. When so. I asked you to do that, you should have said, No, I'm not doing that. Instead of being like, Oh, yeah, please let me do that. I did not do that. <laughs> and by the way, I did not know you were going to have your pants down. <laughs> I, did not I walked in there. I was like, "Oh my god!" Here you, comes the clip bus. How do you, how do you use the bathroom? <laughs> Teach me your technique on using I it. I tell you what. Teach you me had, your ways. <laughs> you had your drawers up though. I did. Of course, I did. I'm glad you did. I ain't going to have you in there with everything out <laughs> and about. It's just like revealing a magic trick by doing that. Yeah, your drawers were up. Don't tell my <laughs> m- magician secret. <laughs> All right, we got to go to break. We'll be back after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Live well, move more, and hurt less with Kinetic Physical Therapy. If you're recovering from an injury, getting back into sports, dealing with everyday pain or fatigue, then Kinetic Physical Therapy can help you get back on track and live well kinetic has nationally certified therapists for physical occupational speech and massage therapy all in a state-of-the-art facility on arlington boulevard in greenville visit kineticptgreenville.com for more information now let's head back into prl here's clip all righty thank you shirley rhodes i'm a fan of the television programs survivor and big brother okay coming up tonight celebrity big brother begins okay and i want to see how many of these people you know are you talking to me specifically or just in general we'll go you and chandler and i'll include myself on it all right all right so here are the uh the people on celebrity big brother this year former nba star really good player has had some issues and I'm kind of surprised to see him on a show like this. On or off the court? Off. Lamar Odom. Ooh. Interesting. Did he almost die? Lamar yeah, Brothel he, Odom? Yeah. yeah, he almost In a OD'd. brothel. All right, well, some of us here have been to a brothel. Surely. Surely. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> what? What? I uh, do not know how to say this person's name. Olympian ice skater. M I R A I, Marai, N A G A S U, Nagasu. I don't know who that is. I don't is. know who Maybe that is either. Maybe you saw a picture, but I don't know. Yeah. You know Lamar Odom, of course. I do. I cannot believe they let him on that show. I know it's kind of odd, but just stay tuned. Uh, former Miss USA Shanna Mokler. Shanna Mokler. Oh, she was. Um, she dated uh, Travis um, Barker. Wow. The drummer for Blink-182. Yeah, I know who that is. Yeah, um, he was married to her, I think. Huh. Well, well, now she's on Big Brother. Wait, you're right, Shirley, from 2004 to 2008. Yeah. Way to go. All right, you know this person. All right, next on the list, designer and RuPaul's Drag Race judge, Carson Kressley. Yes. I don't also, know why. Art Carson was also the original uh, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. I feel he was like, in that original group. I've seen him before somewhere. What, he also hosts like some. Sh- he used to host a show on, I think, HDTV or something like that. And probably something my wife watches. Yeah. All right. Uh, TV personality. This is when you know you're not famous. And daughter of singer John Mellencamp. Wow. <laughs> Teddy Mellencamp. Have no clue who that is. She is yeah. not Teddy Cougar Mellencamp. She is Teddy Mellencamp. How how is that even a celebrity at that point? We got to have a housewife in here. Oh, Lamar God. Odom's with all these people. <laughs> I know, right? Lamar Odom. Uh, Poor Lamar. Do you watch any of the Housewives? I hated those shows. My I best kinda, friend watched them religiously. I admit, I got uh, my wife got me hooked on Jersey one year. That's the only one I enjoyed. Uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta's Cynthia Bailey don't know who that is although uh one of the housewives was it atlanta 
Which one was the one with uh, Nini? I think that's Atlanta because my best friend Melissa used to watch that all the time. And, Nini Leaks, I think is her last name. The girl from um, Escape. Oh, Tiny. A, a girl from an R&B you group about, was in it that I recognized, and I was like, holy crap, I know who that is. She was a singer. Well, Tiny was in Escape, but that's T.I.'s wife. <laughs> we are going down a rabbit hole here. I th- maybe I'm thinking of a different group. Anyway, we, we'll move on. Okay. Uh, singer and choreographer Todrick Hall. These are not celebrities. It sounds familiar, but I I don't know the song. In Sinks, Chris Kirkpatrick. Yes, I do know who that is. He yes, has the uh, the Fu Manchu thingy, whatever. Uh, no, Chris Kirkpatrick was the one that always had the funky hair. Um, so we talked about Lamar Odom, some off the uh, court issues, some off the camera issues. Different Strokes actor Todd Bridges. So you've got two former drug addicts on this show. Yeah, like I don't. I'm which not, is kind of weird. I don't want to make light of it. Like no, it's I don't. Kind of a strange, I, but it is a strange mix TV of TV cameras on them. Kind of high stress situations. It's a little odd to me. Saturday Night Lives, Chris Kattan. <gasps> oh my God! Really? Yes. I have not seen him in forever. I know. Uh, didn't he do that? Uh, what was that one skit that I always thought was hilarious? He used to monkey do boy? like a monkey thing. Yeah, uh, the monkey. Was it called was Monkey a, Boy? No, he had a name. He was in it with The Rock one time, I remember. I'm going to have to Google that. Hold on. All right, and there's one more. UFC fighter Misha Tate. I do know who that is. I don't know who that is. So okay. that is your cast for Celebrity Big Brother. Wow. We are bottom of the barrel here, folks. All right, let's head out to the. Uh, oh, go ahead. Wait a minute, I gotta it's find the. Mo- no, that's Mango and J Lo. Yeah, Mango, Mango, Mango. That's it. Yeah, Mango. Mango. That was uh, that was Chris Kattan. He would come in dressed as a monkey, and he would just like shovel as many oh. bananas. Oh, or was I know it bananas or spit them all over? Yes, the and it was yeah. just for whatever reason, it was hysterical. Yeah, I do recall that. All right. Let's head out to the uh, the Pirate Radio Live Line. Joining us, fellow Commanders fan, Billy Weaver, my cohort on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. Weave, how you doing today, man? Doing good, Cliff. How about you? I'm doing all right. You are the first fellow Washington fan I have talked to. I've, I've tweeted, texted with a couple, but first uh, fan I've talked to since the name drop, and this was the worst-kept secret in the world uh commanders we thought uh it it had leaked out a while ago and we weren't sure if they were going to give us a swerve but we were pretty certain it was going to be commanders it dropped this morning we got logos we got jerseys we'll get into all that but let's start with the name billy how are you feeling uh today as a washington commanders fan well as of today i'm not feeling good about it um now will this be something that'll grow on me is this going to be something that you know, I look back at, you know, three or four years from now and say, hey, it's not bad. I, I And I kind of equate it to when the Down East Wood Ducks released their name. I was not a big fan of that at all. It really grew on me. I like it a lot now. I don't know if the commanders will grow on me like that. I'm hoping it will. But as of right now, not a big fan. I, I was hoping they would go with an animal. Um, you know, my, my personal thought was, you know, Red Wolves would have been good, obviously, when they released the video early on and said that was not going to be an option. Uh, 
that was kind of disheartening. Red Hawks was my favorite. That's what I really, I wanted them to be the Red Hawks. And I wanted to keep the red in there somehow so that we could keep HTTR, hail to the Red Hawks, hail to the Red Wolves, or even Red Tails. I don't think I would have, that would have uh, been too bad, which obviously is not an animal, but it's along the same lines as the commander kind of thing. The Red Tails, if I remember correctly, is... Uh, was an airplane fighter squadron or something like that with that area. Um, you know, I might be wrong on that, but the Red Tails would have been good, too. Commanders, uh, it, it's, it's going to have to grow on me, Clip. I'm with you. Uh, it's yeah, it's just it's it's pretty plain, kind of kind of boring. Um, I, I will say I'm not defending the name. I don't love it, but... To the people saying that you know it's it's uh, it's too generic, it doesn't even sound like an NFL team. Well, I would remind people that we have teams called the Eagles and Cardinals and uh, Lions, Bears. Like you see these names everywhere when you covered high school sports, Billy. How many you know Raiders and Vikings? And so I mean, it's not like every team has a unique name. Also, if the the Cleveland franchise came out today and called their team the Browns, we'd make fun of it nonstop. So, you know, I think it's a reactionary thing. I I tend to agree with you that down the road, it's going to become more normal, and 10 years from now, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll be fine saying commanders. Also, Billy, if they go... 11 and 6 next year we'll, we'll like the name right <laughs> like if they win it'll be fine yeah well what is it that steve logan used to say all the time winning cures everything it doesn't matter what's going on when and uh well even al davis just win baby yeah I mean, that's that's really what it's all about it comes down to winning on the field and and having a good product on the field and that's something you know washington fans haven't had in quite some time uh you know it was uh, the video that Washington released with the, uh, you know, kind of embracing the history and everything, uh, I get that, but I, I didn't get the part kind of equating commanders with the history because there's no really history of that. Um, so that, that was a little weird. I understand what they're trying to do there. Uh, but, yeah, just the uh, commanders. I, you know, another thing, I, the W, I'm, I don't know if I'm a big fan of the way that's <laughs> scripted written pretty yeah yeah i'm with you there i feel like too you're talking about the history they're kind of going further away from history we'll get into the the uniforms and i don't hate it because the i I loved you know growing up being a redskins fan and seeing super bowls but that was so we're so far removed from that and everything feels so different now i don't hate kind of getting away from uh, those glory days because this is not uh, Daniel Snyder has uh, has taken us so far down the tank. But so the uniforms weave, they've got the W on the side of the burgundy helmet for two of the uniforms, and then there is a black uniform. I don't like the W placement at the at the front of the helmet. That looks strange to me. And they're going to have numbers on the side of the helmet. So the burgundy jersey, um, it's got gold numbers. It says Commanders. There is a white jersey that doesn't have any gold on the jersey, and it's got a weird red color with the numbers that I don't like, but I did see Chase Young in a a picture with that uniform on, and I liked it more, so maybe it'll look better on the field. And then the black, this is like totally against uh, what we've seen. You know, we've never seen Washington wear a black jersey, so that's going to be completely different. 
What did you uh, think when you saw the the three uniform reveals? Uh, it's one of those things where I always kind of wait. You know, I, I'm I'm like you. I didn't hate them. Um, I wasn't like overjoyed by them. But I would like to see him on the field and see him on the, you know, I, I think like you said, when you see him on Chase, it's a little bit different. Um, I, I kind of equate that to, you know, when you go and see something, and this is more of a, you know, like my wife would go out shopping or whatever, and something looks good to her on the rack, and she goes <laughs> puts it on and, you know, tries it on the dressing room. She's like, uh, no. Or something that she's like, eh, I don't know about it on the rack. She puts it on and loves it. So I guess you got to kind of see it on before you kind of make a judgment about it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it'll look cool. Again, it's 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 different. It's new. It's almost uh, as far away from the, the Redskins you can get when it comes to uh, to these uniforms other than the burgundy jersey. So, And again, I'm okay with kind of doing something new. I, I kind of want to remember – the Joe Gibbs and the Redskins as, as something great separate from what we're seeing now. And hopefully Ron Rivera and uh, this franchise can bring back the winning ways. But again, we just seem so far removed from that. This is an entirely new thing. And and it won't it won't soil the the great name that was once the Washington Redskins football organization anymore, Weave. I guess there's a, a positive to this. Yeah, I mean, and they'll, to me, and you know, to, to true Redskins fans that have followed them for as long as we have, they'll always be the Redskins at, at you know, some point. I mean, at, you know, when talking about them, talking about the old Redskins teams or talking about John Riggins, you know, played for the Redskins, Art Monk played for the Redskins, and, you know, Doug Williams, you go on down the list of great players that played for that franchise, and they'll always be Redskins. But yeah, I think you know now it's now it's a new day, a new era for Washington football. Um, I'm just glad they got away from they didn't stay with the Washington football team. Some people actually like that, um, and I didn't mind it being kind of uh, you know the go between uh, and the, the temporary name before getting a new one. So I'm, I'm glad they finally decided on a name, and this is going to be the name, I guess, until the you know. Until maybe, <laughs> I hate to say this, but you know this does happen in the NFL. If the franchise were to move somewhere and change name, but for the foreseeable future, they're going to be the Washington Commanders, and I'll still pull for them. I'll still root for them, and I'll, I'll you know I'll get my Washington Commanders hat and you know my gear and stuff like that, and keep pulling for them. But like you said, I mean, winning on the field is is going to be the the end all be all. That's gonna yep. that's gonna eat. I tell you what, if they if they get even worse than they are now then the name is going to be just atrocious to everybody no everyone's going to hate the name so it just all depends on what you do on the field there you go that's it uh talking to billy we had just how about this uh discussion we had yesterday we washington is going to be in the quarterback market there was a report albert breer i guess said that washington was going to quote take a big swing at quarterback uh-huh. this offseason i don't know and and billy we've all played baseball you you know you don't get contact on all those swings sometimes you miss uh so it doesn't mean they're gonna hit a home run but it appears they're gonna be in the market for a quarterback i'll start i'll just go with this one who would you rather have and I, you know i've just seen these as a couple of options here would you rather have Derek carr or jimmy garoppolo at quarterback uh well um for the sole fact that my wife thinks jimmy garoppolo is the best looking man on the face of the earth 
uh, and maybe she'll watch more games with me. Uh, that's a good reason to have him. Um, I think he's almost too pretty to be a successful quarterback, Weave. Uh, I don't know. He's kind of a pretty. <laughs> Uh, I, guys go, I guess. <laughs> I would, uh, I like Carr more than Garoppolo. I don't know if they're even going to be in the mix. Obviously, you know, what happens with Rodgers, Russell Wilson, the, you've got some, some names out there that could be going different directions, but looks like Garoppolo's days are over in San Fran. Uh, Josh McDaniels could take the job there in Vegas and say, we're going to ride with Derek Carr and keep going. And Washington, of course, could always go the rookie route i like matt corral from old miss but you've got pickett from pitt uh sam howe from north carolina malik willis from liberty uh carson strong nevada just to name a few but i do obviously billy they're gonna have a new quarterback in we just don't know if it's gonna be a vet or a uh, rookie yeah well I, I think if they're you know if they're trying to make a home run swing um then i, I to tell you the truth um, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, neither one of those seem like home run swings. Yeah. yeah. When I when I think of home run, I'm thinking Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, maybe those guys have some sort of insight onto what's going on in that situation. I know Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that's that's a fluid situation there, um, and I, and I think I, I truly do think that he's going to end up with another team. That's the home run swing you need to take. Um, because if, if I think if you don't go and try and get a huge name like that, a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers, that you you got to go through the draft and build yeah. there up. But I think you know I think Washington has enough talent right now uh, at other parts of the field, especially defensively. If they could shore up that quarterback position with um, you know a really good quarterback, especially a Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, geez, I mean what you know. That is that's a difference maker. I mean, immediate difference maker. I even think Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo would be upgrades for sure. Um, will it take them to that next level? Who knows? I think I think they automatically become a playoff contender with any of those quarterbacks. But I think they become a serious contender with a really good future Hall of Famer, so to speak. We, it, I just had some deja vu, Billy. Billy, we are having the same conversation we had at the end of last season when Washington went seven and nine and made the playoffs, as we are this year. Washington seven and ten, missing the playoffs, but we still think. And part of the reason they did not succeed this year was the defense did not live up to the hype. I, and I still love all the parts there. Hopefully, Chase Young can come back. Uh, strong and and had a, he had a sophomore slump while he was healthy. Uh, I think he can come back and be an impact. And we're we're just having that same conversation. Can you get a quarterback on the field to lead this team to the playoffs? And I saw a a pretty obvious but a good tweet that that said, "I don't want a quarterback better than Taylor Heineke. I want a quarterback better than Dak Prescott." <laughs> so you know, like let's not just get better. Let's try to win some day. Let's win the division. Go to the playoffs. You know. Well, to tell you the truth, I, you know, as much as I don't like Dallas, I wouldn't hate having Dak Prescott on the well, hell yeah team. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I think that would be a tremendous get. Uh, obviously, that's that's not going to happen, but I agree with that. I think I think you need if you're going to go in the in the market for like I said before. I mean, if you're going to take a swing, take a home run swing, and there's only a couple guys out there that are home run hitters as far as the quarterback position goes. Um, and, you know, if they try to get them and they're unsuccessful, that's one thing. But at least, you know, make 
make the move to try everything you get to get one of those guys uh, in Washington. Billy Weaver joining us. We've had issues uh, with ownership weave for years with Dan Snyder. Miami uh, having some issues with ownership with Stephen Ross. Brian Flores has gone scorched earth and is trying to take down everybody. And if this stuff is true about the Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, offering $100,000 for each loss in 2019 uh paying a coach to lose games like that is uh that's something i've never heard in the nfl before and that would be you know this would this would open up a whole new can of worms but again flores uh definitely has some sour grapes but also is uh is trying to enact some change and he's got examples of you know racism in the hiring process but again i'm kind of this this story has so many parts i'm really focused on this this Ross thing, if he actually uh, attempted to pay a head coach to lose games in the NFL, that, that would be crazy. Yeah, that that would disrupt. That would uh, involve the integrity of the game. Yeah, and it really would because that that's when you get into just very unethical. I mean, you know the the NFL protects that shield, uh, and that that is something the NFL could definitely not stand behind and defend, that's for sure. That's I think that's a, a huge issue there. As far as the racism thing, um, I don't know what to the extent of that. I do know that the, the Miami Dolphins, they do have a, uh, a general manager of color who was yeah. one, I guess, in my and my knowledge of the situation is the one that fired Brian Flores. Now, do I do I believe Brian Flores should have been fired? I don't think so. I mean, he ended the see the Dolphins ended the season on a great note. I mean, they really did. They're on the upswing. Um, so it, this thing is gonna this is gonna be in the news for quite some time, uh, surely. But uh, the biggest thing to me is is the the paying for. Uh, for losses, that would be a huge one to, to say the least. And part of the evidence uh, of the, the the racism claim is, you know, with the Rooney Rule, you have to interview a, a minority candidate. Bill Belichick sends Brian Flores a text saying, "Congratulations on the Giants job," and Flores is like, "What Giants? I'm interviewing with them, uh, you know, later this week or whatever." And he's saying, "Yeah, I think you'll get it." And Flores eventually said, "Are you talking to me or Brian Dayball?" <laughs> and uh, and Belichick says, "Whoops, I bleeped that up." And that's how he now nah, and and I don't know if that's circumstantial evidence or if the Giants really had a coach in place and just interviewed Flores uh, for a fake interview, so to speak. But a fall a a an accidental text we we've all done it before. But that's uh, that really kind of opened up the can of worms here. I think. Yeah, and I thought about that earlier today. I thought about how many times I've sent out an accidental text that went to somebody that I wasn't supposed to. Now, you know, fortunately, I've never sent out any, you know, disparaging remarks about another person or anything like that. Just a rant, you know, you're going through text messages or you have a couple people that are texting you at the same time. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I know I've texted probably Brian Medor. Yeah, I'll pick that up on the way home. <laughs> From Medor going, what are you talking about? about and i'm you know trying to text my wife so yeah but this is and especially with brian i mean we're talking about two brines here we got north bailey and medor like i could send medor um a text saying thinking it's bailey saying man i'm sick of medor and it turns out i'm sending it to medor there's too many dang brines billy that's one of the problems 
Oh, yeah. You know, in this day and age, too, of text messages, emails, and everything, um, this is not like days of old where, you know, it's he said, she said, my word against your word kind of thing. Now you have proof. Now you have, yeah. you know, legitimate proof of someone sending you an email, someone sending you a text message. And not only that, because of this situation is is that this was before the hiring was even done and announced. Um, so then, of course, everything now is time-stamped, so you know exactly when the text message, when the emails or whatever have been sent, so you know a timeline of it. Uh, uh, so it's, yeah, this is a sticky situation with this Brian Flores thing, and it's not going to go away uh, anytime soon. And, and he's, he's Brian Flores, he's, he's not feeling good about what happened in Miami, obviously, and he's willing to take down anybody that he can uh, to kind of, uh, you know, right a wrong in his eyes pro bowl this weekend so we're going to continue this news cycle here with, with all this going on until we do get to the super bowl next sunday weave and i tell you what the Bengals making the super bowl is not doing any favors for washington and ron rivera and carolina and matt rule because i've seen washington and carolina fans over the last weekend using two different examples saying i'm sick of ron rivera talking about uh, the culture and building this process. And then I saw Panthers fans saying, I'm sick of Matt Rule talking about three to five years building something. Uh, when Joe Burrow comes in and does it in year two, that makes fans of other franchises even more impatient. And honestly, there's something to that. It's about uh, getting that quarterback, and, and boy, you can turn things around quickly. And uh, again, that's going to make fan bases like ours and Carolina and others uh, even more impatient to have a winner. Yeah, and I think everybody's impatient to have a winner now anyway. It doesn't matter. I mean, the days of having head coaches get, you know, five five years to kind of build, oh, those days have, have been long. In every sport. Uh, in, in every sport, yeah. every level, too. Not <laughs> yeah. NFL, you're talking about the college level. Right. I mean, you're, talk, you're talking about every level of every sport. I mean, it's this is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of uh, – uh, environment that we we live in now, so nobody gets any grace period. It's it's you got to come in, you got to be dynamic, you got to win now. And if you're not winning now, you're you're being shown the door, and that's just kind of the 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 world we live in right now. Bengals will, will go into this one with a lot of young, flashy draft picks with the way they built this team. Weave and, and a, a young head coach as well. Uh, Rams have a young head coach on their side, but. They have more of a, a build-it type of team. Now, of course, they, they drafted Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald and, and have had those stars, but you bring in Stafford, Ramsey, Beckham, Von Miller. They have built this thing to, to win now. So kind of going about it two different ways. It sets up for a really fun matchup. I really like this matchup, Weave, where no Brady, no Patriots, no Chiefs. It's something new, something different. Yeah, it is very different. I think a lot of people are going to be on the Bengals bandwagon just for the yep. fact that, you know, they're the underdog. And I, I think America just loves an underdog. And especially if you don't have, quote unquote, a dog in the fight, uh, so to speak, if your team is not playing, uh, a lot of people just tend to root for the underdog. Uh, and especially betting folks, you know, they're going to, there's going to be a lot of money put on the Bengals. Um, it, it's going to be a, a fun matchup. I really think it is. And, uh, yeah, I mean, all the pieces are there for, for Los Angeles to win this thing, and kind of neat that it's the first time in NFL history that an NFC Championship game and a, and a uh, Super Bowl 
are all going to be played in a home stadium. So, you know, this is, we saw last year with, you know, Brady and company playing in their home stadium in the Super Bowl, but they didn't play the NFC Championship game there. So this is going to be something that's, that's going to be different. Beautiful stadium, stadium, beautiful setting, too. I just hope we get a good game because after watching the divisional rounds and then the AFC and NFC championship games, it has been a heck of a playoff. No doubt. And it's it's just going to be very disheartening if we don't have a Super Bowl that lives up to all the expectations. And when I say that, you know, being a close game at the end, uh, you know, we've seen comebacks, we've seen close games, we've seen walk-off field goals. I guess there was four walk-offs in the divisional round. So if we don't have a Super Bowl that kind of lives up to that, it's going to be a little disappointing. Uh, by the way, Billy, if you want to place your bet for NFC champion next year, if this hosts the Super Bowl trend continues, uh, next year's Super Bowl will be in Arizona. So take the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think that'd be a bad thing. <laughs> that could... and we, how about we went 54 Super Bowls without a team hosting, and now it's happened two years in a row. Right, you're right. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. And I tell you what, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility for Arizona who would have picked at the beginning of the year the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl? I yeah. think the odds on them going to the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year was the same as the Jaguars. That is crazy. Yeah, I saw that this week. That's nuts. Yeah, so if you if you had taken the Bengals at the beginning of the season and put a few bucks on them to make it to the Super Bowl, you'd be looking pretty fat right now. How wild is the NFL? we got Super Bowl coming up. We've got Commanders. We've got the Brian Flores stuff. Tom Brady retired. Like It's kind of an afterthought now. <laughs> it's in- yeah, you know what? When that first when the news first broke of tom brady retiring he didn't want that he didn't want that to be the focal point because you know he's not that kind of guy that's going to try and steal the spotlight away from the nfl so that was something that was released a little earlier than he wanted it to um so yeah but that's the crazy thing is that and and not only that how about poor ben roethlisberger i mean he's he's going to have to share the podium with him yeah the uh, the hall of fame speeches i mean that's that's got it you know Roethlisberger, I think, stayed a little bit longer than he should have, yep. and maybe Brady retired a little earlier than he should have, just because of the fact that he told everybody he was going to stay and stay around till he was forty-five years old and all that. So now it's going to be interesting because those are both first ballot Hall of Famers, uh, and Roethlisberger and uh, and Brady on the same podium at the the Hall of Fame induction is going to be interesting for sure. I guess it's pro- so. It's probably going to be Big Ben. Brady and Gronk, I would imagine too. We've all up there at the same time. Yeah, that's that's going to be wow. That's going to be something. <laughs> all right, uh, Billy, let's get a win in Minji's tonight. I think they can do it. Do you remember uh, covering Damian Dunn when he was uh, a local high school kid here? I do. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be here tonight. He had thirty three against ECU in the first meeting between the Owls and the Pirates. Temple a one and a half point favorite tonight. So. Basically a pick them tonight in Minji's. Pirates trying to snap a losing streak, and uh, hopefully they can do that tonight. We've great game uh, last time these two teams met. Should be good tonight. Yeah, was it, if I remember correctly, it was right at the buzzer, wasn't it? It was uh, right at the end. He uh, buried a dagger, an absolute dagger, to win it for Temple. Yeah, and uh, you know I, I think we're going to have another close one tonight. I, I got to like ECU's chances. They played so well at home. They're ten and two this year at home. Of course, they lost to UCF after being up 20 and still had a chance at the end of that thing to win it uh, before losing 
uh, to UCF, and then of course Cincinnati. They were they trailed just about all of that game. They were down ten, twelve points for most of the second half of that game, and that one you know came right down to the wire and a, basically a last second shot. Cincinnati hitting uh, you know getting a rebound and hitting the shot with three point seven seconds left, and ECU just couldn't get anything off at the other end. A good look. So uh, the two losses that they have this year. Um, at Menji's Coliseum, the Pirates have played very well in and had chances to win them against very good teams. UCF, very good team, and of course, we all know about Cincinnati. So it's it's going to be a good game tonight. But I I, I got to go with the Pirates. I, if this is a pick 'em, I think I'm picking the Pirates to win this one. I think they come out on top tonight as well. We've uh, anything else going on? What else you uh, you up to these days? No, just trying to sell some cars. All right. It's uh yeah. Hey, and let me let me just say this. I know this is a shameless plug, but um I'm about to do something on social media. I have been here four and a half months and I'm getting close to the fifty cars sold mark. All right. Which to me for me is a, a milestone. So I'm gonna put it out there. For my fiftieth customer that comes and buys a car for me, I'll give them five hundred bucks. All right, there you go. We're doing deals during interviews now. So Brown and Wood, go see Billy Weaver. Uh, if you are his fiftieth customer, five hundred dollars, just like that. Bam, just like that. Five hundred bucks. You come see me. I'm not going to tell you how many I've sold so far, but I'm very close to fifty. Okay. So if you're the, if you're the fiftieth customer, so I don't want to say the next person. Right. Right. We're going to make a little contest of it. So I'm I'm very close to fifty. And we'll get there very, very soon. So get on down here, buy a vehicle, and if you're number fifty, I'll give you five hundred bucks. Simple as that. Weave, good stuff. Just because you're just because you're part of the family doesn't mean you're not eligible to win. You know, kind of like if you're on the radio and you can't win your cool prizes there. Everybody's available. Everybody's eligible. Everybody. Okay. Everybody is eligible. There you go. (laughs) Weave, uh, appreciate it, man. Enjoyed the chat. Go Commanders. Go Durs. Commies. manders oh no we can't do that (laughs) you know it's coming you got to just prepare yourself for all the insults so you know what to uh you know you know what to combat if if i was a dallas fan i would just look at washington fans and go (laughs) bailey likes calling them the commodores uh commodores yeah (laughs) get ready for that one too we've uh have a good one man we'll talk to you again soon all right we'll see you Billy Weaver joining us on this Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live, fellow Durs fan. All right, Shirley Rhodes, let's make somebody a winner. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. We are going to open up the booty bag here on a Wednesday. Shirley, what are we giving away today? A large two-topping pizza courtesy of Domino's. All right. Well, caller caller number eight. Okay, caller eight three one seven twelve fifty. You can be a winner right now. We will have more for you on Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back. It was another good day for the stock market. The Dow was up 224 points and closed at 35,629. The Nasdaq was up 71 at 14,417. And the S&P was ahead 42 points at 4,589. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All righty. Pirates trying to snap a losing streak tonight in Menji's Coliseum. They've been good at home. I can't remember if it was Jeff or Weave talking about the just two losses at home. And you think about those two losses. You had one to UCF where ECU's up 20. Knights come back, get a three late to send it into overtime. And then the game uh, just this past Sunday where East Carolina fights back has a one-point lead late, and Cincinnati gets a bucket with three seconds left. So that close to being perfect at home, trying to get back to their winning ways tonight against Temple. At last check, Temple was a one-and-a-half-point favorite over East Carolina. I will check that again right now and see that that line is down to one. It has gone a full point, point-and-a-half down, I want to say. Maybe it started at two. But... uh People liking the Pirates tonight. I think people are pushing P. Well, that's cap. I think the Pirates win tonight. I got a good feeling. Chandler Honeycutt shares that feeling. So uh, let's see him get it done. Who's uh, let's get Chandler Honeycutt's keys to the game. Uh, Who needs to have a big night tonight, Chandler? We need to get Vance Jackson back going, especially beyond the arc. Need to get him uh, knocking down some threes. Um, and, you know, how about the Splash Bros? Add the bro in there. J.J. Miles. Get him going a little bit, too. A little bit. I was thinking uh, need a big Newton night. Need a Newton night. And part of that is not turning the ball over. Six turnovers last game. I was going to say, well, the Pirates in general don't need to turn the ball over, but yeah, Tristan Newton definitely needs to watch. Uh, you know, watch the turnovers. Yeah, he's been struggling with that of late. It hadn't really been an issue this season, but man, of late uh, he has really struggled turning the ball over, and uh, something they're going to have to do tonight. And continue to can your soups. The Pirates have been doing a good job at the line. Now, where'd you get that line from? Um, who made that famous? I just I've heard it from different people. You got to can your soup. Yeah. Okay. I know my dad and his friends always say it. Soup canners. Yeah. What was ECU from the line the other night? I think last time I looked, they were like twelve or thirteen or something. Let me see what they finished at. That was a uh, a really a bright spot in the loss Sunday to Cincinnati, East Carolina going to the line hitting free throws really kept him in the game you remember the first half channel we talked about it they did not make a single two-point field goal that's crazy they hit some threes but most of the damage uh, was done at the free throw line east carolina the other night 23 of 27 from the free throw line. that is awesome i mean they're not going to have 27 free throws tonight no two-point field goals in the first half and the pirates were only down six which is unbelievable unbelievable so for the game, East Carolina ended up making 15 field goals. They had six threes and nine twos, all nine of those coming in the second half. 
East Carolina was five of twenty-four in the first half the other day. Of course, that those numbers shouldn't shock you. They have struggled offensively against Memphis and Houston, the two previous games. Definitely Houston. Um, let me look at that first half against uh, Temple. One of the best first halves of basketball we've seen from the Pirates in a while. Last time they took on the Temple Owls, East Carolina eventually lost the game seventy-eight to seventy-five. They had a lead at halftime and in that first half so they made five shots uh first half sunday east carolina was 15 of 30 in the first half of that temple game the first time they played 10 more made field goals at halftime two of seven from three eight for eight from the line they played nearly a it wasn't a perfect first half but one that gave them a lead they were out in transition and uh, really looked like a, a good basketball team and came back down to earth the second half. Uh, here's one for you, Chandler. Who was the leading scorer for ECU last time they played Temple? The leading scorer? I'm we have to... not said his name. We've said Newton. We've said Jackson. We've said Miles. Who was the leading scorer that day? R.J. Felton. Alonzo Frank had 15. Wow. Uh, five of six from the field, five of six from the line. Ah, Maybe... He's a factor tonight because we haven't seen him be much of a factor since then, really. Yeah, I want to see him be more aggressive under the basket. He likes to do the pump fake stuff. And the good thing about that is that he does draw a lot of fouls yeah. and does get to the line. And most of the time, he knocks down his free throws. So I want to see some more aggressiveness from Alonzo Frank under the basket. But uh, he is able to get some guys to jump. But I mean, you do that, you know, a little too much. I mean, they're not going to bite on it as much. So. Um, yeah, but he does a good job down low. Just want to see him get a little bit, bit more aggressive. You're saying a little bit a lot. A little bit. You're for getting sure. back into your little bit rhythm. Yeah, I know. Uh, John Moody says Chandler's impersonation of Gary Hahn was so entertaining. I'm almost ready to make him an honorary member of the Sugboat. Oh, please. Hashtag touchdown state. Touchdown state. <laughs> <laughs> it is good. Why? So, how did you get on the sugboat? My Gary Hahn's really good. You just—that's going to be y'all's entertainment at dinner. Y'all just want me on the boat, right? You're not a member of the boat, but we do need to have hired entertainment. Like every in. night on a cruise ship, you have different yeah. entertainment: music, like, comedy, comedy, magician. Like, oh, what's tonight? We're going to see like a a show. Oh no, yeah, guy's coming on. He's doing some Gary Hahn. Impression. He's going to read some state transcripts from their games five years ago. On the, in the case age red zone, the first horizon, first down. <laughs> Touchdown state. <laughs> Crowd claps on the sug boat. All Woo! four, all four of you. Encore, encore. Do more, do more. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Wrap up a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We are back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Did you miss a show on Pirate Radio? Well, you can listen to all of Pirate Radio's archived local programming by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify. You can subscribe today by going to the podcast app on your iPhone or Apple device and search for Pirate Radio Audio Archives. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. 
Looking forward to talking some college basketball Thursday on Pirate Radio Live with Coach Mac. Mac McCarthy will join us on the program. We will talk to a very happy, I'll word it this way, Troy D will join us in a very good mood. Do you know why? I'm trying to think. Tomorrow's weather. Oh, it's going to be in the 70s. 70s. A low of 62, a high of 71. That's crazy. Crazy balls. Well, it's like I said, North Carolina weather's drunk. He is going to be, he's going to be ecstatic. Troy, it could, it's going to be the happiest Troy D's been on the show all year. Uh, it looks like a nice weather day in Eastern North Carolina on Thursday. I can keep the hoodie at home. It's shorts weather on Thursday, I folks. I was thinking about that this morning. Break out the shorties. Yeah. All right. We will see you then Thursday, 3 o'clock on Pirate Radio Live. Thanks for tuning in today, everyone. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.